and welcome to the Next Lander podcast. Beep, beep. I don't know if you heard that, but that's our new thing. Uh, beep, whenever beep, beep, I, beep, beep, yeah. They can't, they beep, can't, they beep, can't beep. see it. I can see this. They can't. Um, you threw your arms wide when you said that. I did. <laughs> Vinny, I'm welcoming everybody. Wide open. Vin, Vinny. Oh, great. Thanks. That's not the... I was going to go toward the Vinny, his arms wide direction for that one. but That's the, a better direction, but I'm here to bring things down. Uh, I'm welcoming everybody into what feels like the first big next lander podcast for 2022 we're done with our game of the year stuff no more we're looking re- back no i'm gonna look back a little bit because <laughs> we're gonna look back to today okay, <laughs> but, fair enough. but uh but we're gonna do a little bit about it but this is um i'm i'm here to embrace everybody brad shoemaker alex navarro we're Vinny welcoming Caravella. any new folks who are coming in uh, meet the folks who have been here supporting us. They're great people. You're going to want to engage with them. They're going to show you around. It's a fantastic time for video games, and it's a fantastic time to be along with us as we live through this era of video <laughs> it's games. A fantastic <laughs> time to be alive. It's ne- there's n- okay. Uh, let's not let's not get out of hand. Hmm. There's never been a better time to be playing video games, and it still holds true today. As it did well, yesterday. That's right. Every every video game that has ever released that's is right. still there for you to play as of right now. And which is good because no one's putting any new ones out this month. That's oh, for sure. Oh, they're working on it. They're hard. They're they're in the the they're hard at work in the video game button pushing. Hit export and see what uh, happens. How can how can you say that in good conscience when we just played a video game that is releasing in two, uh, tomorrow? We did well, it. We found the one. With one of the developers of that game, that's this right. very week. That's well, right. Technically, it's going into early access. So, uh, well, the game we're talking about there is Anacrusis, and we're going to talk about that and Resident Evil um, Village uh, a little bit later, and we're going to get to the news. But first, I have I want to bring a 2022 resolution to you guys. Something oh. I'm trying out in 2022, and it's a big one, and it might be a little goofy. And is, it's it, very- is it is it 1440p? No, lol. Okay. I well, that sounds that sounds pretty good though. No, no, mm-hmm. and it's I'm going to share a little something personal here. But I am going to try in my 2022 life to move away from underscores and file names to hyphens. Oh, you're joining me. I think in this. You noticed? I noticed. I've, I've been using a lot of hyphens. I think there's still a place for the underscore. Where okay, so I think, I, what I need to know because I come from I come from underscores are accepted characters hyphens might not be oh really yeah so oh, that's, I thought, oh, I that's why I have like, used underscores oh shit okay I thought the hyphen was universal uh, I don't is it universe is it if you go <laughs> back in time 30, 40 years will a hyphen be rejected as a file name if, even if it's uh, under eight characters if there if there are any anthologists of file systems out there who can let us know if there's any any file system we can't put hyphens on like if i if if i put a hyphen in and mm-hmm. it's a file that gets passed in a url will it have to be escaped out or or um you know uh, uh put out with an escape character that's why i use underscores i feel like generally they don't have you considered my method, which is just to jumble all the words together into one long string of characters that is borderline it's, unreadable? Okay. Look, that's, look, that's very that's very German of you, and I appreciate it, but uh, that's right. There's a, there's a legibility thing there. 
Uh, you can go camel case. You can go Pascal case. I, I, I'm a fan of camel case. I camel like case. That, but, um, but we're working with a lot of numbers, though. You can't case numbers. You, no, you gotta, and that's where I've moved over. I've I've noticed your file names. I'm like, you know, there's some there's a legibility to Brad's file names that I really appreciate. So here, here is here is. <laughs> do we really want to get into this? Yes, this is we're 15, here. Let's the, do it. The the 15 plus year evolution of how we have written dates and file names at Gamespot and then Giant Bomb and now let's here. do it. Um. So I remember when we started Giant Bomb, I saw that you were doing a six-digit date. Uh-huh. But it was, I believe it was month, day, year, right? I feel like, like I always the, did the American digit. I always I th- preferred full year. Uh, full, uh, you, I think you're right. I thought maybe, maybe that was Jeff doing just the, the two-digit year. Yeah, That's I like, what I ended up on. I like full year. Leading zero on any uh, uh, single-digit number. Oh, absolutely, yes. So that's, that's like when we were uploading. God, remember when we posted trailers all the time? Yes. Mm-hmm. We, like, trailers were content. <laughs> we used to go around posting trailers. How content! Quaint. That was so quaint. But think of, like, I was, I was very much like a, like a 12.04.08 was the okay. December 4th, 2008. Okay. Like, that's okay. With, the, with just, the hyphen just, there? Just terrible. Just terrible. No hyphens, no nothing. Just six numbers. Just smushed together. So the thing that we moved to, I think when we went here, I don't remember if we made the switch at Giant Bomb or not. I don't think we did. We finally started going year, month, day. That was that really, was for here. That was one of our early to, things. Was let's try and do this for 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 actual sorting. You yes. want to move. You want to descend through the hierarchies, right? That's you right. want to go from Very the biggest European unit of, us. of measure, yes, to the smallest. Yes. So year, then month, then day, then you get things in actual order naturally. Yes. But that still leaves just a big old jumble of numbers. I I just can't read like. 220112 I cannot read it like it does not look like a date to me mm-hmm. like no, six numbers jammed either. jammed together that just looks like a six digit number especially but. if it's like february also where you're like 20210212 and yes. it's like okay that somehow will parse out to february 12th but 22-01-12 uh-huh. totally legible so my problem is like if you did that on if you did that on a thumbnail and then uploaded it will it break somebody's damn script because it's like oh this hyphen is you know breaking the code here that's always my concern with with hyphens and things but it's so legible i like it's very, it it's very readable it's yeah. very readable i don't believe my, in legibility i'm against my, it. my my feeling is hyphens <laughs> to separate within a thing and uh, underscores to separate between things. Does that make sense? Oh, yes, yes. So you'd be like, like, okay, so when I upload a file, it would be NXL underscore the underscore Anacrusis underscore Friday sure. underscore yeah. um, 2021-01-12. <laughs> Right. Or like the way I timestamp things in file names is like time with dashes in it and then an underscore and then date with dashes in it. You okay. I mean? Okay. See, oh, there's something. You got to gotta think about this stuff. Yeah. So like I, again, it, it, developers can let me know if that's like, do not do that. You like, <laughs> like, like the thing I would not never do is like NXL dot the dot. No. <laughs> so some people did that. 
Yeah. So, so we've worked with some people that have done stuff like that, and I would put them so, on blast. Call out so, names. Let's name names. I'm not going to name the people who did it, but I will say very hardworking developers like Jason Abels would just message me like, "What the hell is wrong with you people? Somebody uploaded a file called like Halo PNG, and it just broke everything." I'd I mean, like, if, I don't know, I didn't do it. Okay, the dots are no good. I don't believe it. There's one dot, and that is for your file extension. That's <laughs> I mean, if, it. If, if you're living entirely in Unix land, you can use as many dots as you want because extensions don't mean that's shit right who wants to do that dot png dot old yeah uh, yes exactly uh but but like i don't know there's there's a bunch of that so i but i like i've really liked seeing the hyphens and i think i'm moving over to that and I, I put it in our show notes for today if you look at the uh uh the the notes document today the date has hyphens in it and i said more 20, separators 2022 yes. We're gonna. I'm gonna use hyphens because I'm with you. I'm pretty sure a lot of stuff actually doesn't care too much because it is. We use all these services and they are they are doing character replacement anyway. But I, that's my 2022 move. I, until I say I we, otherwise. I say we keep going with hyphens until we can't go anymore. Hyphens also, all the way. I, also, I apologize to anyone whose eyes have just glazed over, but I'm pretty sure at least one of our accountants is listening, and he's probably way into this. I listen. You. you <laughs> yes. You ha- listen. If. Two things you could take away from this conversation. One, know that we care if you're on the development side. Mm-hmm. And we are we're and two, never use never use dots. No dots. Right. Or That's ampersands. Right. Ooh. Actually, here's what our new character is gonna be. We use all underscores, and so it would be actually let's see, N X L underscore T H E underscore tilde. Because <laughs> okay. it can't be more because it can't be more than eight characters. So we're just gonna go eight characters or bust. Um actually the tilde count as a character, Brad, in like in DOS. Um Is it seven yes. plus a tilde? Yeah, because remember you had the uh what was it? God, how did that work? Remember when Windows ninety five came out? Yeah, yes. Uh I was alive, yes. And you could do long file names, but then when you would drop into DOS, all those long file names would Got be concat- what was it? Yeah. Shortened. Was, what was it? Six six characters, a tilde, and a number. Is that what it was? Okay, I uh, think that's right. God, I hate that so it's been much. A long time. It's been a long time. I can tell you right now. If you want to know all of the disallowed characters in Windows, okay, it's a backslash forward slash okay. colon okay asterisk okay question mark okay double quote okay oh it disappeared come back okay uh, less than greater than and pipe okay so no I do like a pipe. But I understand. I've heard that about you. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But uh, I get it. Pipe pipe is probably my, like, hey, I'm writing notes to myself in a document separator that I will use uh, most of the time. But, um, like, hey, here are two sections of a thing I need to format in, like, my mental markdown uh, uh, notation. But, yeah, I get it. I get it. Uh, All right. And no spaces just... No spaces. That's not spaces are only if you are confident that nothing will ever need to touch this that is not your current operating system. Not, not a fan. Also, just the way it like wraps, you know, mm-hmm. when the way I, file names will wrap with a space sometimes I, on like an icon. Like it just no, no thanks. I like wrapping about space. Mm. The, the Carl Sagan bit's really good. Anyway, the uh, the thing that I I feel like if I get a file from somebody with spaces in it, I could I usually am, <laughs> this is very judgy of me, but I'm like, you were probably born after 2000. You were mm. probably you you were probably born into a file system that did not care. I feel you. This is a this is a file name that has never seen dial up. <laughs> You're right. You 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 have been able to drag and drop this into any place and it has just mm. worked for you. 
and never had horrible, horrible errors happen. Um, your, your, your first hard drive was Google drive. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right. Exactly. Um, anyway, that is my 2022 hyphen. 20, 2022 up hyphens with hyphen. Vinny Caravella. That's right. Hey, so you know the things you obsess over when you're cooped up and working with all your own files. Join us next year in 2023 when we go into M dashes. Right. Uh, it's gonna oh, yeah, be, we're gonna move into Morse code. All our stuff's gonna be written out in nothing but dashes and dots. That's right. It's gonna be amazing. Just binary file names, uh, so that you know nobody really can tell what's going on. We're gonna encrypt our own stuff. Hell yeah. <sighs> don't, don't even get me started about trying to strip Unicode from the podcast chapter titles. There you go. That's uh, things to look forward to. Mm-hmm. Uh, share. Hey, engage with your formatted time and get in there. Join the conversation. Mm. Uh, you could win no. a free iPod. No, there's no free. I will never join a conversation. <laughs> it's the, the internet's the internet's leading text parsing influencers. That's us. That's us. Wow. Wow. I heard on Nextlander it's all about hyphens. Um mm-hmm. Boy, nobody's using underscores anymore. Uh, here's one last thing that I'll add uh, before we get moving here. It was it says something about my age. Hey, we've got we've we've got a bunch of people out there who are, uh, let's say, mature listeners out there, right? I, I put myself in that uh, the category. I tried to check my social security <laughs> recently <laughs> to see, like, oh. I is that still around? Is that a thing? Like, uh, might be safer if you just start pretending it's not. Yeah. So uh, my uh, uh, my financial advisor that uh, I've had for for ages definitely does not pretend that that'll be a thing when I ask them will I retire and they're like, well, we do. Not, I do not count social security. Oh, don't say that. Don't. don't oh, but that's great because she she I I appreciate it because if it's not there, I want to be prepared, and if it is yeah. there. Fantastic. Is appreciated. Yeah. Fantastic. See, it's, it, it's easy to joke about, but when you say somebody who actually is an authority on this stuff says it's going Listen, away, then I just get very angry. I, I got a financial advisor because um, about a decade ago, I said, I really want to retire and I don't know how to do that. And I just want somebody to say to me, look me in the eye and say, this is what you need to do. Now, generally, she says, this is what you need to do. And you're doing about a quarter of it, <laughs> about yeah. a quarter of it, but mm-hmm. I appreciate the honesty and you know, you know, that, that whole thing. So here's the funny thing though. I went to go look at it and it's, it's like maybe the most U S government thing I have run up against of like, you go to sign in and if you want to check your social security, if you, if it's been working or you've been putting into it, you're like, cool, sign up for this thing. Great. I'm almost there. And then they're like, cool. We mailed you a letter with a code when you get the letter, put come back and put the code into the website. Wow. And so a week later, I got my letter and was like, wait, what did I do? That's, oh, right. I signed up dude. for that. I wanted to get it. Um, These systems was, were not built for the internet, man. Listen, if you're in your bag of tools, it says U.S. Post Office next to it, then maybe you use it, okay? If that's one of your things that's in your, like, if you specced in U.S. Post Office instead of uh, 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 texting to your phone or something like that, then okay. Doesn't a human being still have to stuff that envelope and put it in the mail though? Pro- like probably that's not, not. That's not probably. Not. Is that it's, you think that's a fully automated? At this okay, point? if you're talking about our our government, then probably yes. Probably there is somebody stuffing that envelope. If you're talking about like could a could private industry figure it out? I'm sure private industry is sending private out industry mailers. Would love to figure it out for us. Private industry has figured it out. You know, the government probably contracts out to private industry and they stuff that envelope uh, on their own. 
But yeah, anyway, that was my other thing of like, I'm getting older. What's the deal with Social Security? The deal, the, the deal turns out, if you're around my age, is like probably just don't look at it. And um, if assume. you get it, great. If not, well, let's hope you planned otherwise. So well, wait, they, so they, wait, can you can you see how much you've paid in over time? Yeah. To date? Oh, mm-hmm. God. Oh, I, I I'm not sure I want to see that number. I, I extra don't want to look at that. You can also project like, you can also project like what you would get out if you were, because they, because it's tiered. It's not like, hey, there's a, there's one date. If you go past the date, the earliest date, you get more money. They want you to leave it in there. So if you go past the earliest date, you could take it out. You get more money. Oh, yeah, yeah. Every yeah, other totally. as you go on. So it's like, right. oh, if you took it out at 65, here's how much you'd get. If you took it out. Right. And it's like, you know, part of me is like, well, I don't know how much past 65. I'm going, brother. So, uh, you know, cash me out when you can. It's, I don't know. 65 used to sound like a really far away uh, land, but uh, maybe we should clarify for any non-American listeners or people who just don't know the thing we're talking about here is that we expect at some point the forces at work in our government are just going to abolish that whole system. Brad, it's a lockbox. They'll never touch and, it. And they don't want to give not, us the money. Just in case it's not clear, what we're talking about is paying into a system our entire working lives that yeah, we it, then receive no benefit it's from. A lot of countries have similar things that are like more codified it's like a pension fund uh mm-hmm. you know a state pension fund or a federal pension fund that you know pays out some you pay into it and then you're supposed to take it out and over the course we all brad and alex and i have been through the it's a lockbox. we'll never touch it what's happening to social security politics nobody really talks about it much anymore so it's like we all just assume that i think that some is- other <laughs> things came up but you know i'm sure yeah. that there are definitely some people in our government that have some post-it notes being like with a knife stuck through it it's like <laughs> Need to get to this yeah. soon. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. To do. Yeah. Uh, Dude, like I, I fucking fully expect the second that retirees and seniors are no longer a dominant voting block, like that shit is going on straight onto the chopping block. I will say, we'll see. I don't know. I mean, look, and, there's always more seniors. I mean, there's fewer of them than there used to be, but there's always more seniors. The thing I'm worried, worried about is there might be more seniors, but will there be more retirees? Because yeah. <laughs> will everybody just be kind of working until, you know. Because the, that's that's really the well, thing, right? Is that we all grew up with this notion of like, you know, our grandparents, they retired. Our parents, they, you know, they were probably going to retire. And then we got to it and it's just like. Well, we told you you were going to be able to retire, but uh, <laughs> what a concept! Mm-hmm. What a concept! Twenty twenty two, folks. Mm-hmm. That's right. Nothing but sunshine and roses and puppies around here. Check hyphen your hyphen social hyphen security. <laughs> That's not going to fit in the title field. No, dot, <laughs> dot txt. I'm going to I'm going to try right now though. Uh, <laughs> Go on. Uh, all right. So we do have some games uh, that we have checked out. Uh, first off, let's uh, start with the newer one, I think. Let's start with uh, The Anacrusis, which we were very lucky to have uh, Will Smith, the Will Smith, uh, come and join us. If you don't know, Will yeah. Smith of TechPod fame, of uh, uh, previous, previously of Tested, and yeah. now of Stray Bombay. Mm-hmm. Uh, is working on the Anacrusis alongside a, a fairly small team uh, to, to put this out. Uh, Anacrusis, it's, let's see. <laughs> I, I think you're okay to say this because he said it on the stream. Okay. He was like, hey, have you played Left 4 Dead? Okay. It's one of those. I have. 
Yeah. He li- it, I think he, li- he literally said the word is words. It's one of those. Have and you it, played a game where there are a lot of enemies and you have three friends and you have to do stuff and sometimes a lot of those enemies come at you at once? It's 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 one of those except set in like a psychedelic 60s space giant spaceship future kind yeah. of thing. I th- and I think the art design is rad in that game. Like it looks really good. It's a, it's a little like Left 4 Dead uh, meets Deathloop in terms of uh, aesthetic kind of. You know, it's got yes, that. Yes, it is. Yes, it is, it is of a piece with a death loop visually for sure. But I mean, it's, you know, it's the full on thing of like level, safe room, level, safe room. Yeah. Level, final encounter, <laughs> you have finished the episode. Like, yeah. it's, it's very much that format. And survivors, you're a group of survivors. So the, yes. uh, and but this is a popular up, format right now. Like, they, you know, Back for Blood came out. Uh, was it Redfall is coming out later this year? Like, they, there's there are people going back to the well on this, though. In this case, this also includes Chet Falasek, who actually worked on Left 4 Dead. That's true. Are you, are you really going to do Aliens Fireteam Elite? Yes, I am going to do it that dirty. I am. Uh, yeah, they come by it honestly, uh, the, the pedigree. So yes. uh, we were joined by uh, uh, Will. You can go check that archive out. We have it up on uh, YouTube, hopefully up on YouTube. I haven't actually checked. should be up now. Yep. And, uh, I'll go look for you. Okay. And uh, it's it's still – so it's coming out um, uh, at the time of this publishing. Yes, I think the, the day – okay, the archive is up. Mm. The um, – the day of this podcast comes out on Thursday is going into early access on Steam. It is on G- Game Pass, yes. um, so you can check it out. Still, f- it's still early. It's not content yeah. complete. Yeah, like the three. What is it? Three episodes are in there out of yes. five. I think the the fourth and fifth are coming in the next months. I believe. Um, yeah, and the the progression is also not in there. There's like a what basically a season pass like i think they're calling it like what a challenge track or something along yeah it's a season pass it's not it's i I believe it is designed specifically not to be grind intensive like it's not a thing that is requires you to play it constantly but right but yeah but the point is that none of the actual progression is in there yet like you can play through the episodes but you're not going to unlock i believe the cosmetics and so forth Mm. yeah until that stuff is in, so oh right, yeah, because you can go into your character and see yeah, the, like yeah, the controls are in there for yeah. changing costumes and weapon skins and banners and all that fun. There just aren't but, any yet, but, but I can't, you can't unlock that stuff until the season passy battle pass type stuff is in there. Yeah, so, so, so you're running around the spaceship. Um, some some really what we played some very vertical levels. Um, some kind of corridor levels, a lot of rooms to jump in. Uh, I'm trying to think things that feel a little different. They have terminals where you kind of pick perks for your character that are persistent yeah, in the run that's pretty roguelike yeah like you'd find these matter matter processors or whatever and it's like here's three random perks you can pick from and whichever one you pick you have that for the rest of this run so yeah which is neat like, yeah and and those are um those are set up so they are different and random for each player that goes there so it's not yeah. like oh brad took the one i wanted they're they're unique for each player yeah it seems like that that's a general philosophy with a lot. Yeah, of like quite things. a few of them are like pretty stock standard. Like, oh, you like get a little burst of health and speed when you revive somebody or something like that. Or like mm-hmm. healing items do more. But then occasionally, I found some stuff like, oh, the the submachine gun bullets just home in on enemies, right. which of course I immediately took and then oh, yeah. prioritized the submachine gun and then kind of ceased having to aim at anything. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think what else. Like the, I think the most interesting thing about it in general is that they chose to ship with no difficulty settings. There mm-hmm. is no easy, medium, hard or whatever. There is literally just start a run and that's it. And they mm-hmm. are relying entirely on their AI director to manage difficulty and intensity and, you know, ebb and flow of missions and how it spawns enemies and stuff like that. Like it's, it's hundred percent reactive difficulty, which is kind of ballsy. I guess I would say it's like, ballsy it's, seems, and it's it a kind of thing you can very easily see blowing up if it doesn't work the right, right. way. 
Right. Like I, I would say, you know, we finished that first episode. Like I would say it was on the high end of challenging for most of our run. Like, mm. yeah, like we were, we were pretty hard pressed quite often. Do we have two wipes? Get, we had one, one or two wipes. I think we, I think had, we had a couple. Two, I want to say two okay. full wipes, like team wipes. I think yeah, that's right. I think it was two. Uh, but it got real hairy quite a few, you know, like there were definitely multiple intense, desperate. Brad, it was an intensity. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. The difficulty was moderate, but the intensity was high. <laughs> I love that distinction. I think that's great. Yeah. Like he, he, if you want to watch that stream, he talked a little bit about what's going on under the hood with the, their director. You know, it's not a new concept. Lots of games have this left for dead had it, but yeah. Like he talked about what was the difficulty and intensity are two different sliders on their Yeah. In, in their director model. Like, I think one of the examples was like intensity being, let's say how many enemies are going to throw at you difficulty being are they, what they call back spawns. How many are just going to spawn behind you right. uh, mm-hmm. would be like a difficulty thing. Yeah. That's, that's pretty, that's pretty interesting stuff. Just if you're curious about game development stuff, but like, but just in practice, like I thought it worked pretty well. Like I said, I mean, we were, you know, yeah, we were, we were under threat quite a bit. Like it, it, it really dumped it on us. Yeah. In terms of like, uh, um, you know, there are things that I don't know how many of these, I don't, I don't think we got into the particulars can spawn in the environment or what is dynamic, but, um, you know, re- ammo is, is a resource in there that is not, it is a limited resource and you need to hit one of those ammo dumps or a box or whatever they call them, the recharge stations. So, you know, I was wondering as I was playing, Oh, are they throwing one at us? based on how well we're doing or how conservative we're being with ammo or not. Um, <laughs> I think didn't at one point he basically say like, Oh, the director thinks we're good at video games right now or something like yes, that. Because of what it was giving times. us. And then later on, I had the distinct impression that the director no longer thought we were good at video games. Right. Yes. Uh, so yeah, that, that was, it's interesting and fun. Uh, I'm curious to see where it goes. Yeah. Like the uh, core of it is fun. I like shooting the, I mean, I, I'm a sucker for like futuristic plastic space guns, which is exactly what that game's aesthetic is. Yeah. Just sleek looking. Like if you like the Suros regime from destiny, this is mm. the gun aesthetic for you. I'm with um, you on that. I think my one criticism of the game is that I don't feel like, like the guns aren't without oomph, but I feel like the enemies don't really respond to the guns mm. in a way that makes them feel like they have that full oomph to it. You know, like they kind of like a lot of times you're just kind of dumping lo- like rounds until they just kind of fall over and die. Like it doesn't have that sort of like, you know, the enemies are reacting to every shot yeah, that you're I, taking I, kind of I, thing. I, I don't disagree. I think there's, probably some more work they could do on animation and stuff there that hopefully is coming down the pipe. Yeah. I, I got that mostly on the bigger, bigger enemies. The, the bigger the, enemies do like barely react at all until yeah, they yeah. just fall over and, you know, die. Um, I like the, the, there's a lot. It's a, it's very floods of enemies. Um, totally. On the, on the smaller ones. Uh, and the, yeah. it, another neat mechanic they have, uh, which took a little getting used to actually was there's no just melee. There's no just like bop a, bop a character, but you do have this kind of a pulse that uh, emanates from you and it's on a cooldown and you get like three of them and they're on cooldowns. And so when you're getting overwhelmed, your normal reaction would be like, you know, bop an enemy with melee or, you know, you, you, you dump your gun until you click, 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 and then you, you melee. And instead of doing that, you have this pulse, which kind of pushes everybody away. And that's fun. It's fun yeah. to to push those enemies away, especially when you're on those vertical levels and some of them go flying off the one, ledges. One of the one of the perks I found turned that into a charge. Like you yeah, held it so down for like too. three seconds and like got a real big burst and like they go flying very satisfyingly. And and that in that final stand at the end of that episode we did, which was pretty hairy, like that became like very strategically important for me. Yeah, that just was clearing cool. areas like we were so mobbed that like it was actually very important to have that to get 
get some space. Yeah, and that was a that was kind of a smaller area. And that's yeah. what we're, we're going down quite a bit. Uh, yeah. So I, yeah, I'm, I think it I, it looks cool and it plays well. Like the core of the action is fun and pretty yeah. varied. Like I, I I would like to see some more weapon variety <laughs> in there. Obviously, they've got more trinkets and stuff they can throw in there, but. I mean, like, those two a, hours flew by. Like, I was as, not uh, thinking about the time at all while yeah. we were playing. Yeah, like, like as a foundation, if they can build on it with more abilities and weapons and, and get the progression and stuff like that in there, like, it, I think it could have some pretty good legs. I, I really enjoyed playing it. And that's, uh, again, so that is uh, on Game Pass, if you have that. Um, if not, it'll be um, uh, on Steam, or you can just buy it on the Xbox or Microsoft Store. I assume it's on PC on Microsoft. Yeah, Windows Store and Epic Epic Game Store as okay. well. Uh, and the Anacrusis yeah. coming out hot it's coming in mm-hmm. coming in that's hot. right that's right I think that's going to be the case for a lot of video games mm-hmm. this year uh, one that we're going to move into now which has been out for a while almost yeah, a year game, now a game which is ice cold mm-hmm. ice ice cold but we have not had things to say about it because we didn't get to it Resident Evil village resident village. evil eightage i've just i've just been calling it resident evil eight in my mind but yeah. yeah i mean it is resident evil eight but also it is called village yeah. uh resident evil v-i-i-i village and the hey, reason how we, convenient it's set in a village yeah Who thought? and the reason we came to this is because i think uh after doing our game of the year stuff i feel like that was the game that sort of came up the most as like oh i wish those guys had gotten the chance to check that mm-hmm. out and Brad, yes. in your case, you very specifically tried not to play because you wanted to get into RE7 first. Yeah. So uh, that game came out the week we left Giant Bomb, so it's probably There's understandable also that. that we so, didn't play it. But Vinny and I did do a, that. Was our last quick look? Or at least I, mine. I spent no less than fifteen to twenty minutes searching every platform because in my mind I was like, I played some ah. of this. Mm-hmm. I played the intro to this and I finally know just had to, this. had to, t- I'm like, I know I own this. Where is it? And I was like, is it on PlayStation? No. Is that my Xbox? It's not here. It's not, did it even come to the Epic store? It did not. Uh, is it on steam? Gosh, is it on the Microsoft store? I searched everywhere. And then finally was like, am I just thinking back <laughs> to when I sat with Brad on that quick look? And I think that's mm-hmm. what it was. Mm-hmm. That's exactly so, uh, what we're doing. So I'll let you, everybody know, if you're thinking about getting into it, it is on sale on the Xbox. Uh, actually, yes, I, sale, I bought it at the <laughs> half-off sale. Yeah, oh. it's, it's 50% off. Um, why, why did I think that didn't come to Xbox? I thought that this was a... No, it totally uh, did. I thought, well, I thought it, this was one of those like, PlayStation... I think, I think oh. it came after. Okay. I think um, it la- I want to say at launch, it was just PC and PlayStation. Yeah, I think it, I think it came after. Um, and so... I just bought it on there uh, for 50% off as well. I think there's a slight sale on the PlayStation version. I think it's a, even a little sale on Steam where they roll up some of the other things. I don't know exactly what Rewind is, the the other the thing that comes with it, Resident Evil Rewind. Did you guys? Oh, well, there's, there's like some a bo- recap there's some bonus. Yeah, there's some bonus features in there that's just some sort of recap of seven type stuff because this this very much continues straight from the story of seven well i think it's like another it's a different separate downloadable like a um um yeah it's uh it comes i think it comes packaged in with most of them there's the trauma pack of which you can get and then there's that uh yes if you want to if you want to put a charm on your gun in a resident evil game yeah you can get that charm. Yes, that trauma pack. It didn't seem like there's actually anything that great in there but uh, like the downloads for the 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 add-ons for this game are like insane for you. <laughs> like it's literally a call of duty style gun charm. Yeah. You can pay 99 cents for a bundle of healing consumables. Oh, really? 
Yes, you can literally go into the store, pay 99 cents, and have it dump a bunch of healing stuff in your inventory. Oh, boy. Like, it's the way they monetized this thing and added DLC stuff to it is really something. Um, Gosh, I wish I remembered what the heck that that other thing was that comes with Resident Evil 8. It's in the it's in the bundle if you look at if anybody wants to look it up. It like comes with Are you thinking of Reverse? Reverse, yes. Oh, that's, that's a, that is a separate multiplayer game. Okay, is that what that is? Okay. Yes. The, sorry, the Resident Reverse. Evil Verse. Okay, not rewind. <laughs> but you can see yeah. how I got there. Yeah, yes, that, that's not that's still not out. I that may have got delayed. I think that was originally supposed to be out later okay. last year. Okay. That's the thing. You may have seen footage of it. That's the thing that is sort of like a Mishmash. Resident Evil All-Stars. Yes. Okay. It's got like characters from a bunch of different games in it. Multiplayer shooter thing. Um, so that they're, they're, they're bundling that in on a bunch of those packages yeah. for, for that thing. Um, I did get the trauma pack, which. Yes, I also have it. And it's, it's like 12 bucks and I shouldn't have gotten it. I didn't Jeez. bother. I just went with the That's, base. Cause I was like, I'm dude, not, dude, I don't it's need super this. Not worth it. it was not, I don't think it was worth it. The one, the one thing that's kind of cool is the God, what do they call it? There's a name for it. It's the something report. It's under the bonus features. And it's basically, it's an in universe kind of report on what happened in RE seven, like written from the perspective of, I forget who not Ethan, not the recap it's one. Like, no, it's, it, I think it has a little bit more. I read it like months ago. Okay. I mean, could it have been but Chris? It's like 80 something pages though. It's like, very Oh my gosh. Like it's like a really in-depth summation of what happened in seven from the perspective of, again, I can't remember if it's like somebody from stars or the, and that's in the trauma pack or or what? I think that's part of the trauma pack. Yeah. Like that was kind of a neat little like deep dive primer. So I watched the recap thing having just gone through, you know, seeing you play seven. I was like, yeah, I want somebody to explain this to me. Go ahead try it. (laughs) And their explanation was so surface level, man. I don't, I don't know. It's just like basically Ethan's like, I went, I went to this house where my girlfriend was, and she was like, she had a mold problem, and then like I fought her. The mold was named, you know, spoilers, Evelyn, and then, <laughs> uh, and then uh, Chris came and like uh, I shoved the the serum into the mold, and I do I still have to talk about this? I'm done. Uh, and I mean, that, it's a real it, shame we didn't get Brad's ending in there because obviously mm. Brad's ending is the canon one. But <laughs> right, right, of course, I was way. just like, why is Mia in the beginning of this? She got yeah. she totally got left behind. Like, Where's Zoe? Well, if anybody doesn't know, hey, we're gonna talk a little about Resident Evil Eight here. Might have some spoilers, but like that that game, and I knew this from watching the quick look. Kicks off with a bang, and that just uh-huh. uh, I boy, they uh, I I remembered that. Yeah. Well, whatever. It's in the first five minutes of the game, but like, dude. I remembered that from doing that quick look, but seeing it again was still like pretty jarring of like, dude, they just gun your wife down in front of your face, like <laughs> the most brutal way possible. Yeah. It's very, um, so you start, you know, uh, Ethan, the protagonist from seven, if you followed along with us, you've come along the next lender journey, Ethan, the protagonist from seven has settled down and has been in some kind of like placement, like witness protection program from, uh, Chris, who is. The part of the new umbrella is that the timeline? Right? I don't the, know, dude. I that like that's like part Chris of that Chris Element of this. I could not pick apart where all that fits together. It's like like uh, that that that's part of that report. But I have lost track of the progression from stars to like whatever it was in five. Remember once yeah. the BOWs became a thing. I think it's like umbrella, but like, for the like we're gonna do good now. Not like, sure. Oh yeah, I've heard yeah, that one before. Be do no, yes, don't do no evil, huh? Mm-hmm. So uh, uh, they come and they and you have a baby. You have a baby. Yes. Rose. Uh, and, and you have Rose. And the question is, and it is just put out there explicitly in like things you find, is it a mold baby or not a mold baby? And like, you know, you look at the birth certificate that's like, baby's all healthy. Mold report coming back soon. <laughs> TBD. Like, TBD. Yeah, TBD also, on the get, mold. 
you get that phone call from the doctor and the doctor's yeah. just like, oh, your baby's test results are in. How yeah. about next Thursday to meet and discuss them? And he's like, okay, sure. That sounds good. Yeah, Bye. that sounds great. And then it's like, me, like, me, it's like Dude, we don't want to talk about this anymore. Do you, do you fucking not want to know what the test results are right now? Are you going to wait a week? Yeah. Oh, that's a, a very doctor way to approach it, though. I'm pretty busy, so uh, maybe like next Thursday if you're free. I will say my oh. favorite detail in this intro is that they they say that like you know oh we've made this great new life for ourselves in Europe in Europe extremely non-specific Europe. Yeah, we do not gonna, want was... to determine where in Europe we are. Just imagine <laughs> the part of Europe where there's a lot of like very devout villages and probably uh-huh. some old castles and shit. Yeah, was, don't want to get ask, more than that. I was, I was going to ask if you guys had pegged where they might be trying to imply this yeah, was like, in it Europe. It could be Transylvania. <laughs> it could be Sweden. I have no fucking idea. They have a they have a delicious local cuisine. <clears throat> uh, I've gathered that because Mia was making the local cuisine, and they the have local wine. And they have a uh, a pretty dark local folklore because mm-hmm. Mia is reading the local folk tale book about stealing. Yes. Gifts and again, that could be eighty percent of Europe. They've all real, got shit about witches and other stuff going on. Real, real quick before we get deeper into this, I, I don't think we talked about seven that much after I finished it on that stream, but mm-hmm. I was a little disappointed when I got to the end of seven because they try to build it up as being so different than the other Resident Evil games. Mm-hmm. Like then, in the last thirty minutes of the game, like oh, here's the Umbrella Lab. Sure. Like, oh, all of this was just caused by a fungus this time and not a virus, but still just a pathogen. You know what I mean? still a like, bioweapon. Like, like, that game was, like, fascinatingly different for, like, 75% of the way through. And yeah. then at the, very, at the very end, like, it all just kind of came to rest on top of the standard Resident Evil tropes. Mm-hmm. So, like, all that said, I am way into the fucking vampires and werewolves vibe of this game. So this like, is, like, I hope so- they're not just go. I hope they're not just going there again because, like, I, I I love how like spooky and gothic this is for a Resident Evil game. Someone over at Capcom watched a bunch of Guillermo del Toro movies <laughs> and just said, okay. "We need some weird little guys and some creepy ladies and a giant oh. lady, and then there's yeah. this witch, and it just it needs to be that there's, shit." There's, there's a guy named Heisenberg. Yeah. yeah. So this, all right, yeah. So let's get into it. So I think Resident Evil Eight compared to Seven which is basically what we're talking about, about new Resident Evil. And we right? should all say we're only like a few hours into it, I think. Just a few hours in, yeah. Um, I think the pace kicks off way faster than mm. Seven did. Seven has a whole kind of setup of you're with the family. It's a it's much more closed quarter, close quarters. You're you're kind of uh, much more like I I think the beginning of Seven is the most different Resident Evil has been in a very long time. Beginning of eight, I mean, you get a gun and you're just shooting werewolves within 15 minutes, maybe 15, 20 minutes. That's the other thing. I should say the other thing they did is that someone at Capcom also watched all the underworld movies because it was just, here's your vampires and werewolves. Yeah. 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 They look like they, they look like they're less leather clad, but they are definitely still some fucking werewolves. Um, and they're people wolves. So they're, they're Mm -hmm. werewolves, but less wolf, more people. Lichens. Uh, Okay. So this one is much more actiony, right? Like I think you're 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 mm. shooting you're shooting zombies much more. Like, like you don't get to that in seven. I feel like until a little bit later, it takes a while. Where you're, kinda, fi- you're fighting never, the mold though. monsters in the basement, kind of thing. Sort of, sort of never. I mean, they yeah. kind of take the they take the the limiters off at the very end of that game. Like the final sequence is just ah oh, fuck it. Here's all the ammo. Like just go for it. You, you but, got a couple of like mold monsters but, in the cellar. You know, like that you're fighting right. in the in the you know morgue and stuff like that. Right, but but resource scarcity is a thing for most of seven to some degree, and like. Yeah. That was the thing I had the hardest time like wrapping my head around at the beginning of eight is I was, I just went into it with that expectation again because it's the same style of first person game, 
but the action in this is actually like this feels like they're trying to split the difference between RE7 and RE4. Sure. Yes. Where yes. this is the like look and format of 7, but the action is just full on like enemies are dropping ammo and yep. crafting materials and money left and right and there's a whole economy with a dude who sells you upgrades and he straight up references the RE4 yep. shopkeeper at one point. Yes. Like it took me like two hours into the game before I fully realized, oh, they just want me to shoot fucking everything. Like I was playing through that intro trying to save every bullet I could. And then like it takes almost all the bullets you have to kill one of those things. And I was like, what the fuck do they want me to do here? So I, I do think there's a, 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 a some of that. I think there are places where it's like you're supposed to just run through this. Like you're not sure. supposed to be yes. doing everything. Yeah. I mean, the, um, the intro does that thing of like, oh, oh we're not actually going to move the story that. forward until yeah. you die. Like oh. you have to actually fail to trigger the next. Wasted all my ammo. Yeah, right. Um, but like, but, I mean, it's it's fine once you realize what kind of game it is. It's just that it's a different kind of game than seven, and it doesn't necessarily advertise that fact. Yeah, I, it it kicks off. It's it's fast on that draw. It is fast on that draw. I I think I'm not disappointed because I do think that like I I was having some fun in those intro hours, and I do I do appreciate that the game does not fuck around too long with like just trying to set up a bunch of stuff. But seven to me was most interesting because those opening hours of that game are creepy as fuck. Yes. Like they are just so off-putting. Walking through that house is one of the most unpleasant experiences you will ever have in a damn video game, let alone in a VR helmet. And here it's just kind of like, it's just, here's your gun. Here's a wrecked ass village. These people are all running around flailing because there's lichens everywhere. And it just doesn't have that vibe to me, which I, again, I'm not minding it. It's not that I'm not enjoying it. It's just that I think I wish they had had something that was as unsettling and as memorable in those opening hours. The memorable parts of this are just the weirdos everywhere. And that's really it. Yeah. I mean, I think once you get inside the castle, which is like where the game really kicked off for me. Yeah. It starts getting there, but like there's nothing in that village equal to that dinner sequence mm -hmm. in seven. When you wake up tied to a chair, eating brains and entrails with the rest of the family. Like you kind of get that when the vampire sisters first show up, but in they, yeah, they, like, they, they, they string you up, but it's like, I've, I don't know. I think everything, everything from slapping the two seals on that gate and entering the castle for the first time has been fully, like I've been fully with it from that point. Like yeah. then it gets weird. I, but also that mind sequence is like the most like fun house shit <laughs> any Resident Evil game has done in a while. Like it is literally just you terrassing through these, you know, these different like dungeons and traps and whatnot. And it's just, it, it all feels like it's not on rails, but it feels like it might as well be. There's a couple of those weird like corridor labyrinthian corridor things um, yeah. where you're, you're just like, oh, you know, get ready because uh, a baddie's going to either drop from the ceiling, come up from the water or spawn behind you. So listen, hopefully you have your positional audio on because you can tell. I, I think this one compared to the opening bits of seven is a much, I think it goes for grosser more than psychological horror. I think, yeah. I think, I think, um, it's hand trauma all the time. Oh my Dude, gosh. What is wrong with them? We should, I think we should save that for after the break because this is a whole thing. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Why don't we, why don't we take a quick break here and we'll come back and describe the resident evils problem with hands. Uh, mm. so stick around. Uh, ah, we'll be right back. This week's show is brought to you by Rocket Money. Rad Shoemaker, Alex Navarro. I bet you guys have subscriptions. I had a lot of subscriptions. I had too many subscriptions. And at a certain point, I had to drill down. I had to, I had to focus. I had to make sure 
that I did not have so many subscriptions anymore. You had to take time out of your day. My busy schedule. Your time, which is worth more than anything to find those subscriptions and cancel. Brad Shoemaker, do you live a subscription lifestyle? I am just a walking monthly bill at this point. <laughs> it's the world we live in. If you need help, boy, guys, I got some uh, I got some news for you. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. It says here that most people think they're spending $80 on their subscriptions, but in reality, the number is closer to 200 My God. What are we even doing? With Rocket Money, you can easily cancel the ones you don't want with just the press of a button. Rocket Money also lets you monitor all your expenses in one place, recommends custom budgets based on your past spending, and they'll even send you notifications when you've reached your spending limits. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions and manage your money the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash nextlander. That's rocketmoney.com slash nextlander. Rocketmoney.com slash nextlander. Thanks, Rocket Money. And we're back and it's time to talk about Resident Evil's hand thing. Dude. It, is Ethan Winters the most put upon man in video games? Like, what the fuck? No, but his what, hands are. What are they doing? To the, it's more than the hands. I mean, it's mostly the hands because that's what you see the most. But dude, I so, mean, they do some stuff to his legs too. Like very various parts of like I'm three hours or less into that game, and I think he has been various parts of his body have been fully impaled at least half a dozen times already. So he gets. Uh, oh, let's just go in. All right, listen. There are gonna be some spoilers here. But we're talking yes. about it. S- spoilers for the gratuitous personal violence that is visited upon the protagonist of so this evil film. If you want to skip some of these uh, spoilers here, I'm marking it down. Hopefully, this you time shouldn't codes are because working. this is this is clutch stuff here. But this is, this is the gore. This is the viscera. Remember, we're only we're only a few hours in. I think I'm the furthest in, and it's, it's not even that much. So some early-ish game spoilers. Yeah. I mean, the major hand thing was in that quick look. It's right there in the intro. But oh, like, there's more. Uh, yeah. So oh, I know. Yeah. yeah. No, but. So so uh, uh, Ethan here gets early on gets uh, his uh, two fingers chopped so, off. Literally, the first enemy you meet in the game bites your pinky, your ring finger, and half of your palm off, and it shows you that over and over and over until he wraps it around. He wraps some stuff around it, and then uh, pours some of his special liquid on it. He wraps some stuff around it. He pours a special liquid on it. And then within an hour, he is banging the injured part of that hand on a wall in frustration and not even remarking upon how fucking much that must have hurt. Um, He gets, let's see, he gets an arrow right in the leg, right in the thigh. Arrow right through the meat of his thigh. Uh, doesn't seem to care about that. Uh, He gets, gets, um, he gets, he gets, he he then gets impaled through the chest with some kind of giant iron bar or something, something about along those lines 20 yeah. minutes later mm-hmm. he um, gets uh he gets hooks in his uh lower meaty yes, parts of his like legs to to like hook like a gigantic scythe looking hook is driven into each of his calves and dr- and then he is dragged by them through the castle for about 30 seconds uh, and then those hooks are then put through uh the flats of his palms uh uh-huh. his, his, the backs of his hand through his palms to hold him up to suspend him so he yeah, is to hang him from the ceiling he is suspended so, by the well, straight bra- up hellraiser to, shit to slowly bleed him let's say uh the, the you know so the bones in his hand let's say the meat and bones that are left in his hand are holding him up 
Um, and, yeah, then and then he we decides- were talking about sausages and like you know salami yesterday. That's like his hands basically are a slurry at this point. Uh, to get out of that contraption, though, um, he decides not to maybe try and I mean he's got his own thoughts, but not to try to pull the hook out, but to pull through. So uh, he rips he just rips the tops of his hands through <laughs> and over those hooks, and then again pours and his it, magic liquid on. And they're just and holding it, a gun seconds and later, and you it, know. And it very visibly shows you that, like the from the middle of his palm up through the middle of the fingers, is just a giant gash at a, that a point. ragged gash. And then and then pours his magic liquid on and it, and like, he's okay. So okay, so you guys like, have not gotten up to this one, so I'm gonna spoil oh, it for you oh, because this is this is where I think the game is fucking with you. And Resident Evil, I don't mm. know what you're up to. Mm. Okay, well, can I say before you even say it yeah. that maybe maybe what you're about to say confirms my suspicion? Like, I'm starting to wonder if this is a plot point. Like, I'm starting to wonder if, like, it's so in your face about it all the time. And then later, after he rips his hands apart, they show the hands and the yeah. gashes are gone. Like, the, well, they, when he the pours the liquid are, on it, it kind of, like, heals up a little bit. The, the palm, right, but, like, 30 minutes later, when you see the hands again, like, the palms are just perfectly knit back together. Like, at some point, like... You know, like most video game characters have some level of like injury armor, right? Like they can take mm-hmm. a bunch of shit and just keep going. Yeah. But it's so gratuitous about it that like I instantly started going like, like, okay, is this a callback to seven? Did he actually come out of the, the bayou with like well, some fungal healing factor bullshit? Like, well, that's what is the thing. We here? don't know what the hand healing juice is. They've never really explained other than it's medicine. So it could yeah, be some I mean, umbrella brand fucking, well, you know, T-virus oriented like healing juice. Right. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, will there be an explanation or is this just your standard like video game hand waving hey, away mm-hmm. hey, bodily if ju- injury? If you're jumping in here, we're still in spoiler talk. Get back out. Yeah. Um, I just want to make sure if you 20 seconds your way into this part right here, watch out. Uh, so your um, spoiler hands, spoiler hands is still going on. So you, so you did lose an arm. You did lose a hand in the seven and they the stapled it back on. Yes. And that yes. was even ridiculous. Yeah, so, I mean, you can, you could explain that cause you were in, I mean, that was at the same point you were chainsawing into your wife's neck and then she was just getting right back up and so, going, you know, it's like they're. There was clearly something going on in that place that could explain the healing. So that's why I ask. Like, so check this shit doing, out. Are we, are we hold, doing that again? Hold on a second. Check oh, this boy. out. All right, let's there, back it up here a second. Yeah, check this out. Uh-huh. There's a point where you're pulling down a lever to open a gate, and your arm just gets cut off. And then you run around the level for a little bit, and you got to grab your arm. And then you're holding on to your arm for a little bit there until you finish that level because you can't do anything because you're missing your arm. So it's like you go to hit like right trigger and it's like you don't you ain't got an arm. I'm Ethan. And then you're on an elevator and he puts his, his stump up, takes his arm out, sticks it on, and pours juice on it, and then starts moving his fingers around. Mm-hmm. What's going on? Bone okay. healing juice, my okay, friend. You, all right, you have convinced me this is actually part of the game now. What is going? That is like you but can't. So it's, it, even if it is part of the game, the fact that he never remarks upon <laughs> this—that he is completely unflustered by the fact that pouring random liquid on his separated <laughs> arm stump is just no biggie. I have I mean, not it, done it is, any external research on this, so I honestly, don't know. Comes off that's almost like some brilliant meta commentary on the treatment of video game protagonists. Like I'm kind of into it. I'm searching what is Ethan's hand shit. Oh no. Uh I think you might need to be more specific than that, otherwise you're gonna get on some bad websites. I, no, I, this I, is the best. I don't know. No, I you know, I cause I, I was like I'm thinking about the listener listening to this, 
um, and being like, guys, you missed the thing in seven where it says like, he's got the regenerative, the dude, the, 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 but like, if you thought far cry hand stuff was weird, like this is, well, so that's, that is the counterpoint to this. That's what like far cry is the bad example of this, where they pull that shit over and over and over. And it just is meaningless because it doesn't actually do anything. Right. Well, and also it's not even in a universe where like, there is this like magical element of, you know, weird science and healing and all that stuff going on. Like far cry is just about angry, weird dudes for the most part. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like what I'm saying is all the arm injuries in far cry are meaningless because there are zero stakes to them. Right. Right. It's just a healing animation. It never actually plays into anything. And like, I I was wondering if this was just that to the nth degree, but it sounds like they actually know what they're doing. It's, I do believe that they know what like, they're I, doing. I, I want to. I really want to see. Oh, where they this, have to see, know what they're doing. I, I want to see where this whole game is going. But yeah, but it, like right up until the thing you just said, I could have chalked this up to like, ah, oh, they're just trying to gross you out. Like they're not actually thinking about it too hard. But it sounds like they thought about it. Oh, you got to see it. It is. It is. Okay. Well, it, it, it is like, almost like a oh come on moment with him. That's just like oh dude, I I had that like three grievous injuries ago. <laughs> like, I think about the time he got impaled through the chest. I was like, oh, come on. Come well, no, on. I'm, what am I doing here? But I'm I mean, saying, like, Ethan almost has it all come on. Like, you see him just looking at him and be like, ah, come on! <laughs> like, but, you know, like, that's what, that's the big thing with this game that I'm I'm having, is that, like, okay, seven, they went a different direction, different vibes, but in the end, they brought it back around to, you know, their weird sciencing and, you know, evil corporations and all that stuff and how it all kind of came together. There's a fucking nine foot tall vampire lady yeah, dude, I, and, a, I am ex- and a hammer werewolf and a witch and a fucking, I think a talking doll. Like there's yeah. all kinds of, what? how does any of this, the responsibility of an evil corporation, how like did I, they do this? Like I, 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 I direly hope that I don't get to this game, into this game and hear something about a Z virus call, causing all of this. Like I'm super into the occult vibe of the whole thing and I hope they stick with it. I, I'm, I'm. I again we we are somehow we have lived in our Resident Evil Village less bubble. So mm-hmm. we if this stuff is out blissfully there blissfully unaware. Yeah, blissfully unaware unaware. So if this turns out that like he's in some kind of dream state and never made it out of um of Louisiana, of the bayou, and like maybe Brad's ending was the real ending, where like, hey, you know what? You got out by yourself and now that you're on some kind of um in some Chris Redfield standing over your body as you're in some kind of trauma state. Cause this whole thing is from the jump, just unbelievable. Like there's no setup time for this. It no. is a, yeah. It, it is completely wild. So I, the I, one thing I know they're not going to explain, which is my one thing, my one, just like, I can't, uh, I wish they hadn't done this. That you are in this incredibly remote European village that appears to have not advanced past the beginning of the 20th century, mm-hmm. and everyone talks with perfect American accents. Yeah, you know, it's they a watched video a lot game. of TV. You know, I'm just they- saying, like, it's like you can have them talk English. I don't care. I can live with that. But pretend there is another language in their lives. Oh, They're dude, I expats. don't know, man. I don't know, dude. I, I. Uh... I went way down this rabbit hole when I watched Chernobyl a couple months ago and got really into reading about that. Like there was a, t- there were a ton of people who felt the same way about that show that they all should have like put on Russian accents or something. But like, eh. if you're doing something like a Do death really of Stalin, <laughs> like where it's just, it's the, 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 like the absurdity is the point, then fine. I can live with that. But it's just, I mean, especially after coming off playing something like Mundon last year, which literally just immerses you in this, you know, obscure 
Swiss language that like, you know, only like 60,000 people speak like just the vibes. I'm in this fucking basically Transylvanian village. At least fry up a Romanian yeah, accent like for me. The, the one way in which I agree with you <clears throat> is that it would really reinforce the kind of fish out of water vibe of him being like transplanted forcibly to Europe yeah. because, because the Chris Redfield organization said you can't be in America anymore like that. Sure. Okay. Maybe it's part of that. his whole dream, man. That's why he's in his dream world. If that's what it is, then great. But I don't think we're going to get there. I don't he's, think that's what it is. He's reliving. His brain is processing all the hand trauma from seven. He's got a thing for, for big women. Hang uh, on. Yes. Are you, hang on. Are you about to tell me that his wife lives in his severed arm? Yes. Okay. Okay. Now I am on. Board yes. That's the only way Mia could get out was in the, the severed arm. Yes, I, uh, the, the grand tradition of wives living. Departed wives living or, or <laughs> nemeses or whoever you want mm-hmm. living inside of forearms. Um, I am liking this game so far. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm surprised cause I, I kind of felt like I had to drag myself to it a little bit because we had played through the beginning of it earlier in the year. And like, that's a long start. Like, like it's a long like start. It moves fast, but it is long. Like I said, I don't feel like the game truly starts till you get inside the castle and you meet the kind of menagerie of weird vampires and stuff. What's the lady's and, like, name? The D- Dimitri, uh, Dimi- uh, la- Dimitri, uh, lady <laughs> Dim- Dimitrescu. Okay, <laughs> Dimitrescu. Yeah. Okay, yeah. you don't don't pronounce the U. Okay, Dimitrescu. Yeah. All right, but like uh, prior to that, you know, like it is it is that whole just protracted like shooting werewolves in the village stuff and mm-hmm. like. Having to play through that whole thing again, I was like, okay, I've seen all this. I really want to like see the meat of this. But once I got into the castle and started doing the Resident Evil stuff, like I am like kind of chomping at the bit to like, get back good. to it and see where it goes. It's, it's good. It's fun. I think, like I said, I was just I just wish the vibes of Seven were a little I, more I, present here. Like, like it's too early to say, but I kind of am with you right now. I think Seven felt a little more coherent and like tightly paced for me. I, I want a but, little more two remake in mind. Like I, I, I thought the castle was going to be a little more mansion and it's more, it's more four. it's more action. There's a lot more yes, just like yes. popping the, like I probably killed more people in the castle than I killed the entire time in seven. Like, uh, yeah. things, like quote unquote zombies. Like it's kind of a relief for me actually. Yeah. It's like, Oh, I don't have to worry so much about conserving every bullet. I kind of just want to like, like, you can buy the ability to craft shotgun ammo, right? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. you can, like they kind of just want you to shoot guns in this, and I think I'm kind of okay with that after playing through seven. They do rip you off on the ammo, uh, though. man. That they, is, they do. Hey, man, take it up with the Duke. That's uh, the Duke charging a thousand dollars a shell. I kind of, I kind of, I, I'm, I kind of way into the Duke. Like, yeah, I like him too. The, the Duke is just having fun and making money. Uh, I, I like the Duke a lot. I, I like the character so far. Um, I am up to. Um, if we're going by vampire count, I think I've, I'd say I've got one, no, two down, one down. Mm. Um, and, uh, but I've already gotten into some of the, like, you know, I found a thing explaining some of the vampire stuff. So I've, I don't know, Brad, like, I don't know. Are we going to have a mold mm. bioweapon thing? Mm. Um, you know, I've gotten into some of like, what are these bugs, uh, God, going on? Dude, vampires are not BOWs. Come on, please. Uh, well, so we'll see. We'll see. I, I, I like it. I like the setting. You know, it's nice to be back inside. I, I, I like the aesthetics of this setting. I like this Victorian mansion the, here in the, the castle. The, in, the interiors, some of the interiors in that castle are like straight up stunning. Like yeah. there's yeah. some really nice visual design going on. In and there. I think the character design of all the weirdos that hang out there is actually really good. Yes. Like, it's, and it's, I... I should say, like, I know I know we didn't put, like, a ton of stock in the Game Awards around here, but the actor or the actress who played 
Lady Dimitrescu, like she won, I think the whatever that yes. category was. Like that was a hell of a performance. She's like, pretty good so far. Yeah. Like like I didn't know what to expect from that character, but like that's that is very good acting. Like all I got from the internet was big lady make me horny, and it's like <laughs> right. no, actually like. Yes, there's that, but also like she's actually a really interesting, <laughs> like, weird like, character. Yes, like she she's got exactly the kind of sinister flourish that you want your vampire villain to have. Yes, very well put together. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, you know, seeing and just seeing, enormous and very very towering. Tall. Also, I I love that part where you like you're like crawling through a tunnel and she's in a little like kitchen area like preparing for a meal or something. Like it's, you're basically spying on her. She doesn't yeah. know you're there. And then she leaves the room through a door that's maybe half her height. Yeah, that happens a couple of times. I really like that. She just very casually just bends all the way over to walk through this tiny door. Yeah. It's, uh, I'm digging the setup. Uh, Two, two, like, um, let's call them one quality of life. One, maybe a little game changer. You could just walk up to boxes and push A to break them. You don't have to switch Mm. onto your knife. It just says break right there, which is like, thank you. It's, Mm -hmm. we don't need to switch over to my, my knife. That's yeah, a nice thing. We get it. We get it. Um, the other thing is they separate out healing items and stuff in your main ammo, or sorry, your main inventory. So like your inventory is kind of it goes. It's like weapons, and then you like kind of bumper over, and it's like okay, here are healing, crafting healing items and stuff. And so your materials don't take up room in your main um, inventory, which is kind of amazing. That is, and I think I probably categorize that under gameplay wise because even I. A hoarder of everything have not hit an inventory problem yet. I'm sure I will. Yeah. First thing I bought though was the bigger inventory because it is a Resident Evil game. So I spent my ten grand and I bought the uh, bigger inventory from the Duke. But yep. um, I haven't hit it yet. And uh, that's even with that silly gun that I don't even use anymore. That was part of the trauma pack. <laughs> the, uh, the the samurai samurai edge yeah. or whatever the Wesker like, gun. I had it um, for a bit and then like I don't. I haven't hit a storage chest though. Have you? No, I don't. I don't know if they. This doesn't seem like that kind of game. What do I do with I'm my? Sure. Yeah. Am I ever going to be able to put that gun away? <coughs> maybe don't. I don't know. Don't maybe you don't need too to. Hard. <laughs> break it down um, for mats or something. That, that was another weird holdover from seven. Is that I didn't craft any bullets at all because I thought that they took chem fluid, just like healing items, just like the healing juice. Yeah, because that's how it works in seven. You have to decide what you want to use your chem fluid on, healing or bullets. Yeah, but they dropped that in this. the The bullets are totally different crafting mats. It's like scrap so and it's like scrap and gunpowder or something. Yeah. But the point point being, again, they really want you using your guns and just yeah. going for it. Yeah, I I craft shotgun ammo constantly. Um, yeah, and uh, you know I like like RE4. I like doing the upgrades on the guns. Like I like yeah. doing the um, you know oh my power went up a little more pew pew. It's is it is it safe to say now there. Resident Evil has its own style of enemies coming towards, shambling towards you that you can, that if you saw it in another game, you'd say, oh, that's Resident Evil-esque where mm. they, they come and then they lose their footing for a second. And yes. That, like, and then they shimmy to the side. Yeah. So you miss that headshot one out of every eight times, you know, when they're doing it. I feel Maybe. like it's a little cliche at this point. I'm trying to, I'm trying to think where I saw that first. That might be an RE invention. I'm not sure. Like, oh, here they come. Line up the headshot. Whoop. You just kind of, you just kind of yeah. miss it just a little yeah. bit. I do. Yeah. I, if it's not specifically them, they have at least revolutionized it. <laughs> um, because I, I love it. And uh, I, there is one thing though I have not gotten right. Maybe you guys can help me. It says if I ever get grabbed, it's like LB to push a a, a person away. Is um, is it ever just like actually push the person away, or is there like a shove in it? I, don't I just so. kind of hit that button, and sometimes they go flying. 
Okay. I Usually like I, they go flying. Like I block, and then if it comes in, they'll be like, LB, push away. And I just feel like I there should be a shove or something. And I guess there maybe there isn't. Yeah. Um, can't shoot yeah, it in the legs still. It's just fine. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to get back getting back to it. Like I am surprised how much it grabbed me after I got over that initial hump. The one thing I'm curious about that I feel like I remember hearing back at launch is that it goes a little open eventually. Oh, like, really? I mean, they straight up the main hall straight up is just like, hey, insert the objects that you were very obviously yes, going to right. get from masks, killing the four bosses right. yeah. into this and open the door to the end of the game or whatever it is. Yeah, and like I feel like I remember hearing that it opens up and kind of lets you because you know it is a big kind of open map. Like I, there might be some freedom to kind of take them down in different orders and stuff like that. I'm, I'm not sure. Huh. I'm curious to see how that goes. I wonder if you can go back outside and there's some stuff in the village like that required lock picks that I couldn't yeah. get to. So. Yeah, there's clearly going to be some backtracking going on and stuff like that. So like I, I, I love a game that just gives you a bunch of objectives and just lets you go for it. However, mm. so I kind of hope that's where this is going. I like that main character so much, uh, the lady Demiscu, that I felt bad after I took out one of her daughters and she was like, what did you do to my daughter? Be like, I man, she was trying to kill me. Her, her daughters are pretty awful to be honest. She was, they I, they're were not trying nice to, people trying to eat this. Uh, listen, I got nothing against you. They were trying to eat me. If we could just settle this. And get I mean, along, I, 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 I have something against her. I have something against her parenting. She, she did a bad she, job with them. She look, she wanted to eat you too. She said it herself. She was just going like, to be nicer about it. But yeah, she's listen, we can have a discussion. I'll give you that arm. I don't need apparently, apparently people it's going around. Eat a finger. I don't care. This, the, the, I'm, they come you know, off I, pretty I made it this far. I could probably lose a couple more. It's yeah. Fine. You seem like a nice person. Here you go. Your daughters are a little aggressive with this. Okay. They're uh, a little much They're uh, They hooked me up by my hands. That was not cool. And they're just constantly talking about bleeding me dry. And that's just like, that's a little too far. But who's the cowboy with the sledgehammer? Oh, what's his name? Isn't that Heisenberg? That's Heisenberg. That's yeah, Heisenberg. Yeah. We don't know anything about this dude yet. The the brother. Nope. Nope. Okay. Or the married hammer. Yeah. He's a weird asshole. That's it. Okay. And like the kind of the crone. I don't know. There's a lot going on there. What's the lady, lady magical? The, maiden, the mother, the crone. Oh, mother, um, mother, mother, mother Miranda. Miranda. I'll tell you what. That town was full of idiots. Not saying they got what they deserve. The town is full of idiots. If you're attacked by werewolves and somebody's bleeding, don't let them in your house. Yeah. You know, you know the story. You know the story. I'm sorry to be harsh, but. (laughs) Sorry. What's his name was right. Luis. What was the guy's name? Uh, Oh uh, gosh. What was that guy's name? The the dude who answers the door with his, uh, his fun little cap. Oh yes. His jaunty cap. Oh, uh, Julian. 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 Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that Actually, whole batch right. of people, they uh, they should have made some different life choices. Gillian might have been right. Uh, yeah. Is he in that room when it goes bad? I don't I don't remember. Maybe No, I think she, she sends him out to yeah. like, search the grounds. Make so. yourself useful, Gillian. Okay. Yeah. Oh, maybe when you come outside, somebody's getting taken out by... That might have uh, been Yulian. Maybe yeah, that actually. was Yulian. Yeah, maybe that it's was a it. guy. I don't remember which guy. Yeah, right, right. That might have been Yulian. Uh, yes, anyway. no, that's the he's getting murdered by the Guillermo del Toro witch lady. Yes. Resident Evil Village. Yeah, it's a I'm video game it so far. Yeah, I will keep playing it. I'm keep going again. It was on sale. If you're looking to jump into it and experience all the hand trauma for yourself, um, catch it. Catch it now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we're gonna get into the news here. Hmm. Should we take another quick break before we get into the news? Uh, sure. Why not? Let's take another quick one, and we're going to jump right into the news. We'll be right back. (laughs) 
This week's show is brought to you by ExpressVPN. Alex Navarro, Brad Shoemaker. You're not going to walk out of the house naked, right? Not if I can help it. You're going to put your VPN on first. Yeah, of course. Of course. One leg at a time, like I always do. (laughs) ExpressVPN is the easiest way to browse safely, securely, and just better. I just used ExpressVPN. I was away on a trip. I've had ExpressVPN for a couple of years here. When I got on that hotel Wi-Fi, I slipped right into ExpressVPN. One click, very easy. Get in there, and then I was able to access the internet, let's say. What what are you doing on that vacation there? Hmm? I I had to access my GitHub account, Uh and I was doing some coding, and then I I used my ExpressVPN, and then VPNed into my home computer! Likely story. Uh Uh-huh. And then uh, I watched, uh, you know, I watched uh, some videos, uh, you know, and it's fast enough. That's what they all say. It's got great speeds. It was connected very easily. I was even able to stream in HD problemless on the hotel Wi-Fi. And they didn't know they didn't know a damn thing. It says here you can connect to ExpressVPN and you won't even realize you have it on, which I can vouch for. It's pretty seamless. So right now, go to expressvpn.com slash nextlander and you can get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. That's expressvpn.com slash nextlander to get three extra months of ExpressVPN expressvpn.com slash nextlander thanks expressvpn okay and we're back and it's time for the news we've got a mix of um breaking news and uh, some stuff that happened over the last week or so week plus uh as we are kind of coming back into it to catch up on video games in 2022, Brad Shoemaker. I actually went back to like December 15th. There we go. There was 2021. A lot. We've, been, we've been we've been deep in the game of the year minds for a few weeks here. We've been tapping a rich vein of video game opinions. Uh, what do you want to uh, kick so it was, off with? So there was a lot of news to catch up on, but this was just a week ago or so. Somebody got out there and talked about the new PlayStation VR and gave it a name. Are <gasps> you ready for this? Yes. yes. Are you ready for this? I'm yes. ready. I'm ready. PlayStation VR 2. My God. I'm ready. Tell me. Tell me <laughs> what it is. What Sony is it? Finally, Sony finally breaking new ground in marketing and product naming. and branding. No, I'm ready. You can tell me what the name is. I'm it's, ready. It's, um, it's, it's VR Jew. PlayStation, <laughs> PlayStation VR VR. VR. There you go. So yes. prior prior to this announcement, they really hadn't said much other than there may be some plans, right? Like they had not yeah. even really teased that this was a possibility beyond some very vague statements. Well, right? they had said they were working on it. Like Jim Ryan had said they were, well, actually that reminds me, like remember there was that weird flip-flop he did where he like, not that long ago, a couple of years ago, probably he was like, oh, we don't really see VR as part of the future of the company. Yes. And then like months or a year later, he's like, New PS5, PSVR, it's coming. Like, did someone show him the metaverse, and is that why this is happening? Oh, I don't, I don't know that Jim Ryan would appreciate the metaverse. I don't frankly. think Jim Ryan appreciates much of anything other than a stiff drink and p- yelling about gamers. <laughs> he doesn't seem like the kind of guy that would go in for that kind of lofty talk. No, probably I not. I don't know where I get that impression. But uh, this is um, this is good news. I I am happy there is continued movement on the playstation VR. yeah like they got out there with specs and a name like that's 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 pretty definitive because i mean the last thing they had said i think was of the nature of like oh developers are getting briefed on this and maybe even have dev kits and Mm. somebody's gonna leak it 
sooner than later. So we got to get out there and say something is my guess. But this is definitely the most official thing that they have done. Why don't you, uh, why don't you throw the, the meat right out there and, and let's go down the specs. Cause I feel like some of this is the, the yeah, best there's part nothing, there's nothing super surprising, but it's all very solid. Like it sounds like a hell of a headset. Honestly, mm-hmm. like the screens are OLED. Like they are basically 4k, like they're 2040 P mm-hmm. which is pretty damn good. Um, they do 90 Hertz and 120 Hertz, which is good for VR. Of course. Uh, yeah. Et cetera, et cetera. Frame rate. Not great in that situation. Like, I think this was either rumored or they had said something, but they confirmed it's a single cable and it's USB-C, which means it will just plug into the front of the PS5. That's which, so like, nice. Frankly, no that, is box. The, that is the best news about the PlayStation VR 2 to me, which is what I had expected it, but it's nice to hear them confirm that it's literally a cable <laughs> and it just plugs into the front of the damn console. I mean, I like the camera stuff. I think that's the best news on here for me. I guess it's to be the, the inside oh, out tra- oh, the the tracking. Oh, the inside out tracking. Yeah, yeah. like, I, yeah, you're, you're not wrong. At the same time, like if they hadn't had something like that, this would have been like, "What the fuck are you it, people doing?" So is that just where we are with VR oh, headsets? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yes, if you yes, don't have definitely. that, you're you're kind of yeah. out of the game. Yeah, so, even my my dinky Windows Mixed Reality headset from four years ago has a rudimentary version of that. This okay. I'm sure will be way better. But like, yeah, like the tracking situation on the first PSVR was just tragically compromised out of the gate. You're you're not wrong, um, and there's a lot of things about that or that that initial version that I think you know obviously sounds like they're iterating in smart ways here. But I will say the other flip side of that, and maybe you can inform me on whether this is really the case or not. The big draw of PlayStation VR was that it was cheap; like you could get it, it plugged into your console that you already have. Yeah, ideally, rel- relatively, for relatively sure. cheap. So, but I'm yeah. saying like the headset itself compared to like buying a new Oculus or yeah. buying oh, a totally. Vive yeah. at that point. Big Absolutely. difference. Yeah, I mean, is, does like, this seem like something that is going to be a pretty significant jump in price, or is this oh, just where VR is now? Um, it's a good gosh. point. Uh, I, hmm. I mean, obviously, they're not saying that at this point. Like, they're not that far along. Yeah, I mean, you know, they're going to have all their market analysis from how the first one did at various price points. Like, you remember how aggressively they started pushing like cheaper bundles of that thing? I mean, I bought it the whole thing for two hundred fifty bucks with yeah. like stuff in it. So, yeah, like so, like the price uh, dropped pretty quickly on that thing. Like, I I think. This is probably less about what the bill of materials is on this thing and more about what the market will bear that like I think more than like much more than like 300 you're kind of asking for trouble especially in this <laughs> this era economy of, this era of buying consumer goods You're 100% right but when I start seeing things like here is your OLED screen you know two OLED screens that, that attach to your eyeballs and it's got eye tracking and all that shit like that to me like my immediate like kill bill siren said $400 right well, there well- well, it's it, not impossible. But, I but think maybe that that's be, maybe I'm I'm outdated. Is the thing? So we well, see the well, components are not that problem much of a problem. Well, you know, you don't don't forget stuff like that hits economies of scale as like phones adopt them. You know, like mm-hmm. Apple has been using OLED panels in their phones, and a lot of Android makers too for a long time. Like the you know the the more widespread this stuff is, the cheaper it gets to make. So I I am sure they have taken all of that into account here. We should uh, we should run down the rest of the specs. There's there's two other things that I think might affect. The discussion on the price here. One big one is uh, they have controllers as well. So whether they bundle the headset with the controllers and make them mandatory for games, or whether you're using can use your like PS5, using PS5 controller. controller yeah, that's, instead, that's, yeah. That, that's a good point. I forgot there was no cust. No, there was like a nunchuck equivalent, right, for the PSVR, but it was that, very optional. Very like most like, people just the most I ever saw was people trying to use two uh, dual um, moves. Like, so move the moves, yeah. the moves were <laughs> God. <laughs> like the PSVR is such a weird product to me because, like, on paper. This sounds way worse than I mean it. Like on paper, it might be like the worst VR headset. Like the headset itself is great, but what I mean is like 
you know, it was bound to that shitty optical tracking solution they came yeah. up with. It was paired with a console that wasn't really up to snuff for doing VR games. It was using a motion controller from literally the previous console. Yes. They clearly had a, just like warehouses full of that shit they needed to get rid of. Right. Like, like, like all that said, like, I think some of the best VR games to date are for the PlayStation VR. Like, I think they did mm-hmm. like some pretty fantastic stuff in light in, in, uh, in spite of all those restrictions, but sorry, what was the question? <laughs> uh, the controllers. Right. Yes. Yes. Like they did not mandate controllers for the PSVR one where here. Yes. Like presumably these are going to be packed in. So that, that could, that could raise or lower the price, right? So you could get a $300 headset and then maybe the controllers are additional $60. I don't think they, they didn't actually say, did they, they didn't say if the controllers are packed in or not. No, I they haven't think. said, I didn't see it. Um, like, I don't know, man. I feel like that's, probably the only way you can go with these things because otherwise you can't you can't design against controllers that only some small fraction of the headset owners are going to have right so i would guess these controllers are probably packed into every box i i wonder because that could drive the price way up yeah for sure that could absolutely tack another hundred bucks on uh the the controllers here i'll just read off what they're saying it sounds like it sounds like again there's no visual out here right i didn't miss a thing there's no, no they haven't shown you the hardware yet which is uh, like kind of i mean i get it it's probably still in in the design process but like just slapping this giant list of specs is like it's very sony it's very just like hey we have this cool <laughs> tech that we're working on and here's all the numbers um, and so not and not something you can necessarily wrap your head around left and right controller um each one with an analog stick and you get the um circle cross buttons yeah it's it's, it's weird it sounds like only two face buttons per controller yeah got so many other inputs that i think that's totally fine so I, i'm trying to look over this quickly i think you get everything right between the two halves like you're not missing anything maybe the trackpad right you don't you won't get that well no so it's got capacitive if you look under the sensor and tracking part so it's got capacitive touch sense and then it's also got IRR for finger position stuff so it's kind of got everything okay i think i was just mapping that together i think i was thinking that was just the finger tracking but that you think that that gets you the trackpad capability yeah i think that's that's probably what that touch stuff is i would guess okay or something or something equivalent but yeah that's what i meant about it having so many different inputs like it's got like three or four different kinds of motion sensing and touch sensing and and so the buttons and even sticks the, are a little bit less important. Even the headset has force feedback, which is yeah. That's that was the one thing to jump out at me here. Is like <laughs> I don't, don't know if I is that, want, are we ready for that? I don't know if I want a thing strapped to my head to be vibrating all the time. I'm not sure. I'm, I'm not sure. sure. They will definitely let you turn that down or off. Uh, a lot going on in this thing. I hope it is affordable. I think they could get away with charging four hundred dollars for it, this it, with the it, controllers. When, when you when you threw in that the controllers are probably mandatory, and I totally forgot about that. Like I could see that. So you do not need a camera for this, right? Nope. Nope. Okay. Nothing. So do they? They didn't even make a PS5 camera, did they? No, there is. No, I own it. I mean, it is. Yes. Oh. So do I. It is. I, I, I'm not surprised that you forgot about it because it seems like the least essential accessory ever made for a console. It's supposed to see when I sit on the couch. That's about, I think, the oh, only the one thing. thing I don't want it to do. Great. <laughs> Wait, right. will, it, will it like sign you in? Yeah. Like, it does, oh, like, I guess even PS4 did that. Yeah, 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 yeah. sure. Well, right. I mean, if you want to stream from your console, obviously, it's nice to have a game. I don't think I have it plugged in anymore. Uh, but yes, I uh, I have that camera. I bought it. So I would, if it's like four hundred bucks, my question is: the closer it gets to like a Quest Two, the the let in price. You know, I think I think the offering on the PC is a lot more varied than on on the the PlayStation 
ecosystem in terms, of, in terms of software you mean yeah in terms of software so like there's a lot more out there so i i don't know I, if you get into if you get too close to like a quest 2 i think i would just go on the quest 2 and 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 not go in yeah, on it's, the it's but, but if you're like, three or four hundred like bucks then like i said i think some of the most polished vr experiences so far came out on the psvr right like mm-hmm. pc is a lot more loosey-goosey of just every weird experimental thing on steam is going to be there for you to mess with right like it's tons of weird sandbox shit and like little indie experiments and the stuff they're putting out on PSVR is a lot more curated, right? Like stuff like Astro's, uh, what was it? Astrobot rescue mission. Yeah. Stuff but- like that. Like that's a lot more like polished console ish releases on a, on a console headset. Right? Moss and all that stuff. But like, you know, what is, what is the quest to like 400 bucks also with I the, think, the I think 300, I think you can get one for 300. So like that's, you got you got a lot on the PC. Yeah, right? it's you're you're not wrong. You got I mean, Half Life Alex. So also there are rumors swirling that Half Life Alex will come to PSVR mm. two, which like I mean I should hope so. Like it'd be very silly if they didn't. It would be crazy to have made a VR game of that scale and not put it on this nice new console headset. Yeah, especially if um, the controllers are up to snuff. Yes. Well, you know the other thing you have to factor in with the Quest is you still need. I mean, you can do the stuff on the Oculus Store that runs on the Quest. But right. if you want to do all the big PC stuff, you still need a good PC with a graphics card and all That's that. That's true. That's true. And that is way more than a PS5. I mean, listen, you still need a PS5, so good luck getting that. Good luck finding one of those. Yeah. Also that. Um, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I Again, I'm very happy they're continuing down this road because yeah. I think PSVR, like both of you have said, I have had very memorable uh, VR experience. I even like the Rhombus of Ruin stuff. I think that was a lot of fun. Like, I've yeah. had fun on the PSVR. Yes. Um, and uh, And... You but know, I'm never going to plug that headset in again. Uh, I'm kind of with my kids asked for me to plug it in. I still have that breakout box up there. I think I'm going to disconnect it and put it in. The I'm basement. using the breakout box currently to prop up my monitor. Okay, good. Good use That's, for boy, it. Boy, that thing's kind of flimsy. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's not that heavy a monitor. Okay. It's fine. Okay. Uh, so yeah, uh, please VR. And then I guess in addition to this, uh, piggybacking on this story is the, the software end of it, which. Uh, yes, they, they announced a game called Horizon Call of the Mountain. <laughs> which uh, is being made by Fire Sprite, who they acquired a little while back, which is like former Sony Liverpool developers. Um, not a lot of information about that, other than that you're not playing as Aloy. It's an original character. It is like another story in the world of Horizon. Hmm. Is that going to be a tech demo? Like, that's the question for me. If you watch I mean, that little thing, video, we're not out of that out. phase of VR development, right? Is like, it, there's still the question of, am I playing a game or am I playing an experience? Quote yeah, sorry. Tech, yes, tech demo is a little too reductive, but yes, experience. You know, like, Rhombus of Ruin is not a bad comparison point of, like, that's not, like, it's certainly not a full Psychonauts game. It's a much more limited, like, adventure, puzzle-driven, like, you're teleporting around, you're doing little VR actions, you know what I mean? Yes. Like, like, is, is, is this Ryzen thing a thing that shows off all these cool features in this new headset and all the touch stuff? It, it Much like, let's say, Astro's Playroom was a, was a <laughs> wide-ranging demo for the DualSense. Hey, also hell of a game. So Yes, I mean, that turned out to be a fantastic fucking game on top of, like, a really effective showpiece for that controller. So if you watch that little snippet they put out, the vibe I got was... Hey, you guys remember that first part of Jurassic Park where they see like the the Brachiosaurus and they're like, I do. "Whoa, mm-hmm. I okay!" Do. Now imagine you could do that in VR and what with if robot you were, dinosaurs like, standing right underneath that robot yeah, dinosaur. Exactly. Right, right. Oh my god, you fools! Yeah. You did it. You yes. made a robot dinosaur. I uh, would guess it is something along those lines, but who can say? If I could stick my hand in a bunch of robot dinosaur poop 
uh, mm-hmm. giant triceratops. Is that Laura Dern? If I, could, yes. uh, if I could get up close on Laura Dern sticking her hand in some robot poop to tell if it's what berries it ate. Finding out a lot about Vinny's preferences today. <laughs> I, I want to be, be the person like striding up to the pile slowly uh-huh. Uh-huh. and saying, no, that's a big pile of shit. <laughs> okay, I'm, more of a Nedry, I'm more uh, of a Dennis Nedry figure. Okay, so you just want to you want to be driving in your Forza car and turn to your side, have something spit goo in your eyes. Yeah, I want to die. I cr- want a dinosaur <laughs> to spit in my mouth. <laughs> okay, well, and then there. crash into a thing, and then there's your uh, title, by the way. If, if, the, <laughs> if no, that, no, if the, no liquid technology features in this headset. Damn it! Maybe PSVR three. You can get what you want. You filthy monster. If the yeah. Land Rover is a rockin', don't come a knockin', because uh, <laughs> Alex is being eaten by a. Pachy? I forget the Pachysaurus. I, I, I can't remember. They're spitters. Uh, Pachysaurus is the one that bonks, right? Yeah, spitters. Mm-hmm. Let's go with yeah. spitters. Sure. Uh, all right. Good luck, Sony. We're yeah. all we're all rooting for you. Sure. <laughs> I'm, like it's the first time I've been excited about a VR headset announcement in a little while. Like I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what they do. And it's interesting that. that you know they're continuing down this path, whereas Microsoft is still really not invested at all in any sort of console-based VR thing, and Nintendo seems like they don't want any part of that shit, so... I mean, it's a a good differentiator for Sony. Like, they've got a strong hardware group, and they don't have Game Pass. Like, they need stuff that is, you know, that sets them apart. Not that PlayStation 5... Not that the PS5 is having any trouble moving units, but you know. Also, Microsoft went out there and said, hey, we we got AR, and then quickly closed the door and said, what? I'm oh, sorry. Can, no, this is for industrial use only. This is yeah. You make a Hololens if you want. You're like yeah. running a factory floor or yeah. something. I don't know. What happened to Hololens Minecraft? The Hollow what? Are uh, you um? Are you a doctor or uh, you work in CAD? <laughs> well, I don't get it. Um, I was like, remember that? What happened to the? Uh, <laughs> this should go down in the annals of like mythical video game things what was the thing everybody saw in like florida in miami the demo with the the ar augmented reality demo that oh, I magic was, leap yeah where is that what how, happened how 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 did you know that was in florida is that a florida was magic leap a, a miami thing i think that was what i heard like everybody went to like fly down to like miami or something and then came back if they were based in miami that makes it somehow that makes all this make way more sense i could um, be wrong they still exist but didn't they lay a ton of people off? Mm. I can't remember. I something happened where I something derailed things that were going on there. Like okay. people people don't know, like we were hearing behind the scenes for like years that Magic Leap was just like the future of you name it, you know? <laughs> VR, AR, computer imaging. They've got this demo, you've gotta try it. Work. Yeah. Like you kept hearing like, oh, none of them have None of them have desks or computers. They all just sit in their AR headset and work all day. There was a lot of hype around yeah. it. Anyway, I, I I don't have it in front of me, but I want to say that they maybe laid some people off. Okay. I think they it maybe, still exists in some form, and I think if you can, you, if you are able to buy one oh. of those things, they're like twenty two hundred dollars or something. Whoa. Here it is, April April twenty twenty. They laid off half of the company staff. Oh my gosh! Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't know where they are at. At this point, they're still tweeting. I can tell you that much. Like it was, it was starting to it was starting to feel like it belonged more in the same category with things like the Phantom from you know yes, famous va- vaporware products of the past. Well, I, I think the difference here is they did make a product. Yes, there was a thing. Like yeah, like they sent one to the San Francisco office. Like we did some stuff with it. 
Did they make a thing where you put your fingers over it and move them around? Was that Magic Leap as well? Like a desktop thing that you could like move your fingers on for tracking? Anyway, there's been a lot of stuff. That's another conversation for another time. Yeah, that's uh, everybody. Somebody, everybody's working on something. Everything is being worked on by somebody. This is what happens when you don't have Kencha Hall anymore. It's hard to keep track of these things. That's right. Well, hey, now we have no Hall. Oh, good segue. Of any kind. I was unintentional. Good, take it up. Oh, I thought you. I thought that was. I thought you meant to do. No, that. I did. I, of course, I meant to do that. Uh, uh, why would? Why wouldn't this I mean to do that? Another another story from last week. As we continue catching up on the news we missed, um, the ESA announced last week that there will be no in person E three. Okay. In twenty twenty two. Okay. Which they blamed on ongoing pandemic related health concerns. And then a bunch of insiders and press types immediately came out and were like, this is bullshit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, okay. Like, I've been hearing for three months that they abandoned their convention center dates like last year. I, like, I think just, this is just convenient excuse, just like it was two years ago. <clears throat> That's the thing. I think last year was also bullshit. I think, yeah. I think, honest to God, like, well, the, pandem- well, the pandemic saved them. Sure. In that well, it, it in, allowed them to save face. It did in... in 2020, like yeah. when the pandemic started. I, I don't know if you remember that. It was. I do. I think it was probably a little different for you guys because you were in the office for I think three, two to three days longer than we were. <laughs> but that was the dude. That was the weirdest. That was like one of the weirdest 24 hours in the history of me doing this job. Of like, we finished the bombcast on a Tuesday and we're just like, seems bad. Should we maybe try to work at home tomorrow? Like, yeah, let's give that a shot. And then like on the bus ride home. I see Jason Schreier tweeting, like breaking the story of like, like the ESA is poised to announce that E3 in person is canceled. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it was, this was like, and I think it was the same day, like an NBA game got canceled as it was about to start or something. It was just like everything in society was like shutting down all at once. But E3 was just like the idea of an in-person E3 going away like that was just like so incomprehensible. Yeah. But, I think that's when the Utah Jazz's Rudy Gobert was the first NBA player to test positive. And he was the one that was like touching the microphones at the press <laughs> conference because he thought the whole thing was bullshit or whatever. But yes, I remember that. I remember there was before that, like a couple weeks prior to that was like Sony and other companies pulling out of packs. So they still did packs, but like most of the major companies pulled out of it. Right. And then E3 came along. But again, the whole thing with E3 was that they were already. Oh, yeah. yeah. Let's yes. not like forget we, that whole part. No, no, no. That's what that's yeah. what I mean is like, yeah. like, they're like in 2020, if you remember, like they were working with I am a bit on that year's show. And then all of a sudden they weren't. Mm-hmm. And like, and Keeley was like talking a mess yeah, there, of shit were, about just like, uh, there were other signs behind the scenes from stuff we were hearing. Like E3 was in trouble long before the pandemic yeah. started. And I mean, like, we were saying for like, everybody was yeah. saying for like 10 years, like, What's going so, on with E3? Um, well, what's going on with E3? Well, anyway, I mean, like, yeah, they, they again are saying no in-person event because of COVID, but of course, everybody else is saying, like, no, you weren't, <laughs> you weren't going to be able to do this regardless. Like, do you, come on. Do well, you and think- so the, the thing on top of that, though, is that, like, you know, the, the addendum to that is that publishers, it sounds like, really were not thrilled with how their digital shows have gone so far mm. and the idea of continuing to pay the ESA money 
for to do these digital things when it seems oh. like they could also go summer games fest or any of these oh, other so, things. Okay. That I, I see what you're saying. That's an important distinction to make is that they still wanted like dues from people last year to be part of E3. Yeah. Which, <laughs> which was, was just some, which like, was so nothing loose, loose sequence of live streams on the internet, which you don't need the ESA. For. Yeah. There's no reason for pub- and, and believe me, I, I don't love citing on the side of publishers with this stuff, but there's no reason for any company to be paying into the, the E3 pool to do what they did last year. I mean, yeah, they, okay. There's one thing to ask here. Like, like we've known all this stuff for a while. The, the only question here is, will there ever be an in-person E3 again? Yes. I say no. I say you no. Think so I say, yeah, I say you think so. Just like there was a Woodstock revival. I think they will bring it back and you will have some kind of, okay. And somehow Fred Durst will also be taking, there. Fred, yes. <laughs> if you're, if you're taking the long view of like yes. five to 10 years from now, somebody's going to try to bring E3 back. Like E3 is coming back and it's like, got, we've got demos and we've got this and it's sponsored by 8,000 different brands to, to bring it back. And it's crypto three. Okay. Like, so yeah, I'll I'll agree with you there, but I'll add that I don't believe that's actually E three. I mean, like it will be well, called E three, but like what what I mean is this current iteration of E three, you know, run by the ESA with yeah. all the member companies showing up. So, like, so, that's, so it, that's that's never coming back, right? No. Here's my more serious answer: is I don't think you put the genie back in the bottle of publishers doing their own press conference yeah, or their yeah, own like, things. Like they just that, it's been happening that, for the that, last that, eight that, years. That ship was unmooring in the harbor before the pandemic started, and it was about to sail, and it's like halfway around the world by now. Yeah. yeah. Summer Games Fest exists. The PAX still exists, and whether they should or not. But the fucking, you know, Gamescom. Like, there's a million ways that publishers can get their games in front of people now. The the E3 model was already outdated, and you throw all this, like, you know, inability to be in person stuff in there. There, like, it's negative justification for its existence. There's, like, we can't do revisionist history. We have to remember Sony was, like, already out of E3. Yes. Like, by the time Nintendo, too. Yeah. Nintendo was first, actually. And they and they were like you know they no, were no, no, doing no. Nintendo was still there Nintendo was they, the one that was hanging on Microsoft got out because they moved their stuff to the building across the street and sure. EA had their week before events EA Play or whatever the hell that thing well was. what but I mean is Nintendo stopped doing a live press conference at the oh, show yeah, yeah. In, in space designated by the ESA they were right. the ones that moved to hey we're just gonna do a live stream for our thing and like that direct. was the thing yeah like yeah. yeah that was the thing I think that paved the way for like now everybody's gonna do that but Nintendo and, was like the ones that were on record being like we still think E3 <laughs> is should be important but I they've also been weirdly silent since we moved to the at home stuff don't make us do what is it space uh, the expo space the, world yeah don't mm-hmm. let us do oh, space dude, world yes, again yes bring back Shushinkai, please <laughs> uh so yeah i i think i think you don't go back into a world where each publisher can't control the news cycle on their own day and have their own event ubisoft sony microsoft control they don't have to battle for front page like they just put out whatever they want they get as long as they want they get to control the message that stuff I think is doing, and they and they get to stream it on their own platforms, and they get to do things like, "Hey, do you like what you see? Hit click the button to pre-order now because you're in our ecosystem already watching this stuff." Yeah, so. and I I think the spend is actually like a huge part of this. Like like the the, the big the biggest companies were spending millions of dollars. To oh my gosh! Like it's like a huge amount of money on corking fees on internet, like all the all the booth space, all the streaming stuff. Now they get to partner with whomever they want, right? If you want, if Microsoft wants to partner with. The Utah Jazz to do something. I don't know why I said that, but I'm just saying that. Because I said it earlier. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Uh, and then, like, you know, they can, and they don't have to go through like the ESA. Now, uh, granted, we should probably add a lot of people that run these companies are also on ESA boards. I think Phil Spencer's still on the ESA board and would probably pull want want to pull like you know Microsoft in in some respect, right? Because they're the ones that are generally figuring out what E3 is. But 
I think he, I think it's hard. I think you can't. I don't think you can. I think the days <clears throat> of if you were if you were to say what is E three to me, it's two things. One, it is, and I'm ne- never going to say it was a <laughs> press gets to go play video games. It's it's enthusiasts. It's people who like to play video games getting hands on to games that aren't aren't released yet. Right. That's a big thing. The other thing is the press conferences in person seeing those. Now you can do the press conferences. Everybody can watch them, right? They're all streamed out. Even if you have pretty bad internet, you can still get them. Yeah. And people are releasing digital demos of stuff uh, and early demos and there's early access and stuff. So I think the two big things there are kind of gone. And I think the things that are left PAX does better, which is the social component and, and the, and the smaller developers that get a chance to showcase their games. I think PAX has done those better. So, well, and there's yeah. also, there's one other element you're mentioning here, which it, it sort of goes into the, the demos thing. In a pandemic environment where we are now, where, you know, there have been countless delays and, th- you know, wrenches thrown into development process, not having to do vertical slices for an E3 demo oh, sure. yeah. probably actually cuts like three months off of your your <laughs> prospective development time. Or, or at least at least having your employer dictate when the vertical slice will need to be ready and not an arbitrary trade show date. Yeah, like they're still going to you know, they're still going to want to get promotional stuff out there. But, yeah, yes. they can control that a lot better. Yeah, they could say, hey, when do we want to do this? I don't know. When's our marquee thing going to be done? And then we'll, we'll kind of get in. We'll fit it in the pocket. Also, you know, I, I don't know if this is true or not, but. I would assume those live stage demos are stressful as hell. Oh yeah, and, and like being able to be do a pre-recorded demo that just says gameplay footage shown, where you like, can we do another run on that? Like mm-hmm. it, it bugged out is probably much less stressful. I don't know. Apparently, they didn't figure that out before because there were some of those last year. Where it's like you could have <laughs> used another take on that. <laughs> uh, everybody's adds, at home. Like, yeah, it adds to the charm. Um, <clears throat> I bet Keely's psyched. He's got a, maybe he has another dude, year of being in front of like, like dude, everything. Dude, the, the fucking rank opportunism out of that dude is like reaching, just reaching unheard of levels. Like he was out there within moments. I'm sure he knew the story was about to hit, but he was out there within moments, like rubbing salt in the wound on Twitter. Oh, really? That's the thing is that like, that's all he has to do. Fest. That's all no, he has totally. to do. He didn't have like he didn't have to fight a war. He just <laughs> won by default by not being the expensive, dumb old option. Mm. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, I think I think time will tell whether yes the stuff he's got going actually is going to be a permanent, durable replacement for E three, or whether there's even a place for that stuff. I, I think decentralized publisher led events are the are, are the thing that would take it over. Is is my two cents on it. Right. Because, uh, I mean, you know, the publishers don't need him for that stuff anymore than they need the ESA. So, yeah. I mean, there is there is something to be said eyeballs on a big tentpole thing, but I think Microsoft and Sony and Nintendo pull enough eyeballs from their fans, from the people who want to see it to do that. Yeah. I mean, that's, uh, I think that's the one X factor here is like, not that we should talk about E3 for the whole episode, but like, what is the value of this zeitgeist of like three to five days where literally right. everything happens all at once? Like, obviously, you're fighting with, other companies for headline space, but you've also got more eyeballs on you right. than you would if you just did your own thing, right? So, like, there is some debate to be had there, but it, it's again to me the, the the biggest casualty of that space. And again, hopefully, Pax picks it up, and other events pick it up are the smaller developers that don't right. get the platform yes, right. that like, get tucked like, into those things. <clears throat> like, like yes, a rising tide lifts all boats, but it's the smaller and medium sized boats that get lifted the most. Yeah, seriously, sense. yes. And so, hopefully, there are enough events. And I think we saw over the last even showcases with Sony and Microsoft, they showcase medium to smaller games in their showcase. Yeah. So hopefully, they keep some of that up. And there are other showcases going on that. 
I don't know if are getting are definitely are not getting as many eyeballs, but are happening out there. So hopefully some of that promotional stuff works for the smaller developers. But you can't under you can't understate center stage small developer getting shown. Like look what happened with No Man's Sky. Look what happened with uh, stuff like did Hades get shown on on the big stage? I think it did, didn't it? I don't remember. It's been long uh, enough that I've forgotten yeah, too. I, I mean, you're remember. always going to have your like Cupheads though, which yeah. like, Cuphead was just like revealed as part of a reel of like 50 other downloadable that's, games, and it just fucking blew up. That right? stuff is that stuff is wild. All right, oh. um, let's move on uh, to the next story here. Which one do you want to do next? Um, how about? I don't even know what to say about this. Take two bought Zynga for over twelve, like twelve point seven billion dollars, which. That's a lot Zynga. of damn money think, for think, 2022 Zynga. I think I think that's about a billion dollars for every time I've heard somebody say the word Zynga in the last five years. <laughs> okay. Roughly. Um, which, like, I barely knew that Zynga is even a going concern at this point. I knew it was a going concern, but I, I knew also knew that the shine had come off that company a lot. Like, I remember, if I remember correctly, their IPO did not land with the level that they were hoping for at the time. And I think since then, it's just like, yes, they have games that sell well, but like... The day, the heady days of Zynga being the biggest thing in mobile gaming. I mean, it might still be, but like people I talking it. about it that way, I feel like had mostly gone away. I'll I'll put it this way: like this video games chronicle story. I mean, granted, this is their phrasing, but they describe it as Take Two adding all of its brands like GTA and Borderlands to quote Zynga's hugely popular social gaming brands, including Farmville and Words with Friends, like. It's, if uh, those are the two go-to <laughs> examples that you have for what's popular with Zynga, like, I don't know, man. I mean, who not since Don Matrick got out of there, have I paid any attention to that company? Dude, like, it's been a literal decade since we ran a video feature around Farmville. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sure it's probably still big, but yeah. Like, anyway, whatever. We don't have to belabor it too much, but Take-Two wants to slide their big franchises into mobile in a more kind of conservative way, right? And it seems like Zynga is going to be the vehicle for that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like take two has mobile things going, but mostly it's kind of like, you know, the WWE license stuff and a few other things here and there, but like their big franchises have not really been part of the mobile space. Yeah. Like I, I don't, you know, they will put those games on phones in some fashion and they'll probably be okay. And they probably overpaid for Zynga. I don't know. <laughs> That's probably about it. Frank Z- Zing is pretty happy. Frank Jabot is extremely excited. Okay. Uh, uh, that's 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 that. We'll see if that bears any fruit that people who like the kinds of games we like actually care about or not. Look for uh, look for Kerbal Space Program on a mobile phone near you. Yes. Uh, um, what else you got? Uh, this came out of CES. I think it's a pretty big deal. The headline, Samsung's 2022 TVs will have built-in Stadia, GeForce Now, and NFTs. I'm not here to talk about the NFTs. I am <laughs> I of the mind I don't know what point. that means, but okay. <laughs> well, it, it means nothing, but also I am increasingly of the mind that the less said about NFTs, the better at this point. Like, just fucking, who cares? <laughs> just, if, hey, maybe if we stop talking about it, it'll, it'll go away. <laughs> uh, talking about what? I'm here about for Samsung's yeah. GeForce and Stadia uh, opportunities. But, like, that's a huge deal to me, I, or potentially. I mean, who, who knows if it'll actually pan out or not, but, like, that, to me, for these streaming services, that was always the last step, right? That was the last piece of the puzzle, was not even requiring a box under your TV to use yeah. these services. Like, once they are in the TVs themselves, and Samsung sells a shitload of TVs, and people have Bluetooth-enabled controllers already lying around, it's like, oh, that Xbox One controller you bought five years ago 
can now just pair with your TV. Right. And here you go. You can just play the new Far Cry or the new Assassin's Creed or the new whatever by pairing this old controller to your TV. Like, I guess the way I would put it is if that doesn't make streaming work, then nothing will. Because <laughs> there are literally no more barriers to entry at that yeah, point. Yeah, but right? also, so, okay. I think there's I know one more like- barrier. Yeah. Uh, I think it's getting your existing game library out there. Like, I, I don't want to do Stadia because I have all my games. So if Steam had a streaming thing that were like, hey, stream all your games to any Samsung TV, now we're talking. But yeah, I mean, that's that's what GeForce Now was until yeah. a whole lot of fuss got kicked up from different game makers. I mean, Xbox Microsoft is close is, there. Microsoft know? is the one who has yeah. figured this out. Yeah. yeah. Like game Pass is the one that makes this make sense because anything you get on Game Pass, you can now stream. So, But I think that's the... Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, Alex, but I think that's the... That's probably a bigger hurdle than this stuff is I just, I'm not going to invest in a new platform yeah, or, or, or that's not, you know, listen, I invest in new platforms all the time, but like, you know, I'm not going to go hard into stadia because I don't want to rebuy games that I'm going to play locally. Yeah. I think well, it's no. going to, I think it, it's going to have to be a thing that's either, it's either game pass, which you're just getting everything as part of a, you know, a bundle service, or it's going to be a thing where going forward, every game you buy will also run on this platform's mm. streaming thing. You know what I mean? The question is like, how much adoption are they going to get of that though? Like, you know, and that, that so that was going to be my question is that I know, you know, Stadia became the butt of every joke. I know because I've made some of them, but like, <laughs> has there been any movement as far as like people paying, like subscribers paying, people paying attention to St- Stadia? Is that, is there any forward momentum for that thing? No, I mean, remember what, you know, they kind of upended their business model a while back, right? Yeah. Where, like, the Stadia is more like technology to be licensed to other developers at this point. You know, there was that whole... Uh, but they do still have a platform, right? There was there was that whole, like, blog post from Phil Harrison. Yes, but, like, it's the commerce end of it, the storefront end of it, I don't think is the emphasis anymore. Mm. Like, it is very much like they want to integrate Stadia technology into other platforms and other people's games and stuff like that. Like, that was the gist of the Phil Harrison statement that they put out whenever that was. Yeah. Like, Stadia's not going to be the one to crack this nut. Like, no. Like that's, that ship sailed. But. And Phil Spencer has said he wants the same same thing for xCloud stuff. Or, uh, is that what they're calling it? Are they still calling it xCloud or is it just Game Pass? Uh, for now. Yeah. Okay. I think for, I think for uh, now. So, I for, for me, go. for the people that are probably listening to this, I'm sure they want the ability to go back and forth. They probably want a streaming thing when it is convenient, but they would rather play a local thing, right? That's probably the majority of our listeners who um, would would not want to sacrifice the sacrifices for streaming if they didn't have to. Like, right. they, they even, 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 even as those sacrifices are reduced more and more, Yeah, like any amount of latency or compromise in video quality is going to be too much for some people. Yeah, well, I think I think you know, as bandwidth gets bigger for, and better and codecs get bigger and better for streaming, so does local stuff. So, you know, the horsepower locally gets bigger. It's always a, it's this kind of one is at the heels of the other one. So, yeah. um, you know, <clears throat> I, I don't know. I, I, so that's why I want it both. I want it both ways. I want my right. local library. I want to buy a game and immediately play it streaming. And then when it's done downloading, I'll play it locally. And that's what I want. Or like a game pass thing makes total sense. And we've talked about some of this before where, you know, I just want to touch this game. I don't need to download it. I just want to play it. I just want to remember what this game is and I want to stream yeah. it and be done. And PlayStation now, I feel like kind of 
dabbles in that land a little bit more of, Hey, here are these classics. If you subscribe to it, stream it and play it and do that stuff. Yeah. So, so yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think the future of streaming is yet, or the, the book is yet to be written, but this yeah, is, like, this yes. is clearly the way it's going to go. Nobody's, nobody's quite figured it out yet. And it, to be determined whether it can be figured out, but this seems like a pretty big step in that direction on, on live. That's uh, is that what it was on live on live was, was a on thing live. on live on live. The makers of QuickTime are working on it. Way, way ahead of its time on yeah. live now dead. <laughs> uh, well, it's part of Sony, right? Like, yeah. I mean, it was just, they baked it into their stuff or God, I can't remember how all that shook out. What happened to Gaikai? I, who cares? Uh, <laughs> let's, yeah. let's not, right. let's not go that far down the rabbit hole. Um, the next tale. Yeah. Just a, a, some, a handful of quick hits here about just kind of, the state of games this year and what's coming and what's not coming mm-hmm. anymore. Uh, Stalker two got pushed back to December. Okay. That's a pretty big delay. Yes. Yes. Like delays are getting longer. Like remember that saints row delay was like six months. I would have been surprised if this game did not get delayed that long. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, for me, yeah, it's, it really is just the, the length of these delays though. Normally a delay is like one month, three months, you know, I mean, that's, but that's pretty much that's as far back as you could push. Stalker two is like, was one of the big releases for the first half of the year. And now it's barely coming out this year. Right. Mm-hmm. Like that's just kind of going to happen over and over. Probably. I get the sense. You don't pick a December date unless you have to, you know, because yes. people still do year end wrap ups and all that stuff. Yes. I think you're, I think that's probably still the conventional wisdom. Um, so yeah. And there's not much on the books to begin with this year. Like, mm. If you look at a list of games with hard dates this year, it's not long. So, um, so Stalker Two delayed until December. Yeah, That's, yeah, there. Yes, there that was are, originally when. Uh, I believe I believe it was April. Okay, April or May, somewhere around there. Um, Sony reportedly there are rumors going around that Sony had planned to discontinue manufacturing PlayStation Fours at the end of last year, but because of the shitty supply chain situation. Mm-hmm. They're going to keep making PS. They're going to make another million PS4s this year. Get a fresh one. Get a freshie yeah. before they're all gone. I got, just because I'm like a nerd for console designs and redesigns, I got all excited when I saw the story going around thinking like, oh man, is the mm-hmm. is the third model PS4 finally going to happen? Because they did it with the PS3. Yeah, so. But. No? Does not. Probably no. Well, there's nothing in this story about that. Does it even specify whether they are specifically making pros or they even bother making non-pros? I didn't, I didn't see that distinction. It was like, all based on rumors. So, but some stuff it's like <clears throat> like um, I know manufacturing processes change, but components change are coming in out of stock. Do they do stealth like um, stealth board upgrades and stuff all sometimes? The time. Constantly. Okay. All right. Yes. Like that just happened with the PS5 last year, and because we're now in this like you know, we live in this ecosystem of like stirring up anger on YouTube to generate revenue. Like there was this big, there was this big hubbub about the first PS five design that came down. It was a stealth redesign. Like they changed some of the cooling components hmm. and it turned into this like massive flash. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. Of yeah. people saying like, Oh, they made the cooling worse. Like it runs yeah. hotter now. Like if you buy one of these new ones, you're getting screwed. Like I saw that. Yeah. Like th- that has happened with every console ever <laughs> since okay. the beginning of time. Like, before the Xbox 360 S or even before the Jasper model with the HDMI, I think there were like two board revisions that nobody heard about mm. or something like that. If you go back and look at that stuff, like they're constantly tweaking little things on the board, like once or twice a year. The, you know, the, we're still recovering from Microsoft's red ring as a society. Like mm-hmm. I, I really think that damaged the, 
community's psyche in terms of is my console just going to be a lemon or like are are they going to do something and is it it, i think it undermined the trust you have that you're going to buy a thing and it's just going to work um even people who turn their playstations upside down to play games dude i i 100 got there i got to that level of paranoia with the playstation one because (laughs) i had at least three ps1s maybe four that's a lot remember I'm pretty sure my PS1 I, no longer works. I, I absolutely, in the first year of owning my first PlayStation, I had to turn it upside down to play Resident Evil, or it would just like it would hang every time I got to a door. That's the remember the loading screens in Resident Evil One where you see the door opening. Was that just it a drive just, failure? Um, is it like they couldn't spin think, the disc I, fast enough? I think it was thought to be cooling related. I, it was. It would you would hear different things from different people. Some okay. people said turning it upside down allowed it to cool better through those vents oh, in the bottom. Wow. Okay. Some people said it was a drive related thing. I don't know, but all right. Anyway, yeah. Um, just another sign of the state of things that they're like. This makes you wonder: Are they going to push out PS5 exclusive games even more if they're going to continue actively making and selling PS4s? I. I want to say in that story you you kind of sent us around, it, they mentioned Horizon initially being PS5, but is is PS4 and PS5 now, right? Uh, I think that was always the was case. Was it always? Okay. Yeah. Horizon, uh, Gran Turismo 7. And God of War. And God of War. We're always PS4 as we're, well? We're always cross-gen. Okay. Okay. You know, um, cause Sony gets out there and they say they have generational divides and you know, they, of course they, they believe making, in generations. They believe in generations. So. Specifically generations, plural <laughs> as in keeping two of them active at the same time for years. on. <laughs> Listen, I, nobody can blame anybody for, no, no, no. I mean, no, uh, you got to pivot. Like obviously the realities of everything are a lot right now. Yes. Um, but, um, like it really makes you wonder how long this console generation is going to be. If it's like three or four years into this generation before we are really seeing games that like even fully tap into the power of these things, like it's going to be a hell of a pro, man. Is this is it's going to be, be a PS5 is pro? This, is this going to be a ten-year console generation? I don't know. We're done with generations. Ask Microsoft. Yeah, I don't know, man. All right, what else? Uh, one more quick state of things thing here. Yeah. Uh, GamesIndustry.biz does a thing. In fact, uh, managing editor Brendan Sinclair. Mm-hmm of Canada at gamesindustry.biz does, does an annual thing where they put some, they ask some, some mainstream analysts who make predictions about where the business is going. And then a year later they circle back around and say, did you get stuff right or wrong? And what are your predictions for the next one? This is a really fun read. Everybody should go yeah, check it's it out. Fun, it's fun yeah. to look back and see what these analysts predicted and whether they got it right or not. Um, but the thing in the story that caught my eye and that kind of caught everybody's eye was um, a prediction for this year from Piers Harding Rolls at Ampere. Which, first of all, like <laughs> reading his assessment of his predictions is really fun. Most of them are literally just right, 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 mm-hmm. wrong. <laughs> they just read very harsh, very self-critical. Uh, I enjoyed, I enjoyed this piece. But yes. Anyway, the reason this is a big deal is that he is in here saying that they do not expect a true successor to the Switch, like the next console from Nintendo, until the end of 2024. Yep. Which we just ended 2021, so it is essentially three more years with this model of Switch. That's, uh, I guess. Fact, I, I should read the full quote here. Just yeah, because it's, it's, really, yeah. it's a little more nuanced than that. Yeah. I'm, I'm not expecting a Switch Pro in 2022. 
We have a next-gen Nintendo console in our forecasts for late 2024, so I'm not convinced a Pro model is going to appear at all. Mm-hmm. Like, the idea of making it three more years on this <laughs> Switch hardware. <laughs> I, I think that's a conservative estimate, and I, th- and I, I think they have good reason to make that estimate if, the, if that's where they're going. But I will say two things. One, I agree. I think if that OLED model is probably the last version of this Switch we're getting. And two... I wouldn't put it past Nintendo to find a way to sneak it into 2023, but definitely mm-hmm. not this year. Yeah, I mean, I think their hands are probably just tied, right? Like, yeah. I just think, like... I guess the question nobody, is, do they have a thing? Do they know their what right the mind. next thing is going to be? Oh, they've definitely been working on it for a while. You know, they're, they're working, working on it on and stuff. knowing what it's going to be are two different things. I mean, you know, they start working on the next console before the previous one ships, but... yeah. Like, nailing down the moving target right now, like, who in their right mind wants to launch a major consumer oh. electronics device? No, not this year. Not with, Probably with, not next year. With the issues that are going on, which I assume is what they are pricing into this prediction in the first place. I guess my, my question here would be, or the thing to look out for is, does the Switch Pro become, morph into the next major 2024 relief? Uh, release in some way do they take their r&d they've been doing and mush it meld it with the switch pro stuff they probably had and just put it like a switch 2.5 you know Eh, i mean i think you'd probably be looking for a bigger generational leap than you would have gotten with like a switch pro has got to maintain full compatibility with the regular switch and it's you know oh no you don't call it the switch pro but do they do like a wii u wii style thing where it is like hey check out we're calling this the the switch you and it what are you is, talking are you talking about branding or hardware design hardware design um where it is kind of little from column a little column b instead of a instead of a total shift into like this one's got seven screens on it or there's no screens or it's not a handheld anymore it's basically a handheld with detachable controllers but like the guts of it are different oh yeah and, yeah yeah I, th- I think that is the the form factor of the switch is the way forward for them you from think now on. like handheld they will never make it, they will never split a home and a handheld console again right. i don't and also that. just until until it stops working for them they have no reason to change right like it's it's still the number one selling console pretty much ah <sighs> I don't know. Is I it, just, is man, it's, like, it's just like, I feel, I just, I feel like the narrative I see about the switch everywhere is like people are avoiding, you know, multi-platform ports and like even some first party games are struggling. Like the hardware is just being taxed heavily at this point. Have you guys uh, ever tried their streaming thing? Their game streaming? Their, oh, you uh, mean like the, the big games streaming? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I've never tried one of those. I've never tried it either. I wonder how that works out. You're talking about like the Hitman stuff? Yeah. yeah those like are, those are happening. Yeah, those are happening on a per game basis. So like everybody kind of is at their, is left to their own devices to make that happen. I've, I've not even seen reports of that stuff. Does it, is it good? Does it I work? Think it, I, I think it works. Think it control. Works. They did that with control too, right? Yeah. I think, yeah, I think, I think it basically works. I think yeah. it works about as well as any. But it's wireless too. So, you know, you're not, yeah. you, you got to make sure you got pretty good wireless. I don't know. It's interesting. Uh, I, I want to like the switch. I have that same issue though. Like I would avoid, it would be the last place I would take an available game if it were somewhere else. Yeah. I don't want to sound too jaded about it. I mean, like, you know, like, uh, well, I started to say Metroid Dread is a good counter example of like that game ran just fine and looked great. Although when you played it on a TV, you could see like it was pretty mm-hmm. visibly low resolution. But that being said, wouldn't like, you play Metroid Dread on a PS5 or 4 if you could? Well, yeah, of course. I mean, yeah. you know, there's a bunch of people are playing it on emulators at 4K now, you know, like, but, you know, like, like Breath of the Wild 2 will come out and I'm sure that will be fine too. 
Or I wouldn't be sure of that. Breath or, of the Wild maybe, 1 had problems. Or, or maybe it will struggle. It was, yeah. it, was pretty, it was pretty good on the Switch. It was not so great on the Wii U. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know, man. Like, that's just... Dude, that's... What is that? Almost an eight-year cycle, I think, for the Switch. With no if refresh? It, if it launches when they say it's going to launch, like, that's a pretty long time for that thing. I mean, are we counting the the OLED model as like a big refresh or just kind of a... No, I mean, it's just cosmetic. It's barely a refresh. It's the same, exact same hardware that was in the previous one, so... All right, well, nothing lasts forever. It's it's understandable with everything going on. It just seems like like things are going to get increasingly strapped. It just puts them in such a weird position, though, because... They obviously nobody planned for what the last couple of years have been, but they were uniquely in a weird position where it was like, yes, they were they that incredibly well selling console. They had all this, you know, momentum going. And then when it seemed like it was time for them to do their refresh, they just couldn't do it the way that everyone hoped they would. And now they're stuck with this thing that has to be kneecapping them at this point, like in terms of like things they want to do going forward. This yeah, hardware it, it, is as limited as it gets at this point. And in retrospect, it is kind of frustrating that a Switch Pro did not happen last year. <laughs> if if this does turn out to be the way things are going. Yeah. Um, I still, when a stuff hits on the Switch and it plays well, I mean, they get by on great design, first party Nintendo stuff. So, yeah. you know. But a lot of the stuff hasn't been that great. No. Metroid, so, you know, Metro, look, I Metroid did its thing, but like, look at the last year of Nintendo. Yeah, and like, most of those Mario, were misses. Mario Mario Golf was not great. Mario Wear was not great. I guess that yeah, that maybe the bigger tragedy of that whole story is not necessarily that you won't get any. If it this is analyst predictions as well, so we don't mm-hmm. know for sure. But if it bears out, <clears throat> it's that the games in the next four years, any franchise that you want to see updated, any new Metroid stuff, any new Mario stuff will have to live on this hardware, and mm-hmm. that's probably the bigger tragedy of the whole thing. Of I bet there's a whole host of people who are like, all right, don't put out Metroid Prime <laughs> for at least yes. for a couple more years. Yeah, let me see if you can you wait it out. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe the analysts are wrong. They have I mean, Breath before. of the Wild too. I bet that one's going to happen. That one's going to happen on this hardware. Or maybe we would say, analyst, wrong. And wrong. Wrong. <laughs> uh, all right, Brad, you've got one last uh, uh, story here. I I'm, I'm going to let Alex, I'm going to let the resident <laughs> footballman Oh, this is a sad I just, day. I, I feel like it's just like this is too momentous to just let go, even though it, mm. it's been a couple weeks now. But I feel like it, we have to we have to touch on it. There are very few meaningful video game mascots, and even fewer of them are actual living people. And John Madden was absolutely one of the most important human being video game mascots of all time. Dude, like when I saw this happen, like just in terms of the importance to video games, let alone football, like it felt like the passing of an era kind of thing. Totally. Of like fucking Madden, dude. John Madden. I mean, look, he has been out of the public eye for a number of years. You know, his health was not, I think, not super great, but good enough that like like Fox just did a big documentary with him where there's extensive interviews with him. But, you know, John Madden is no longer with us, and it's a sad day, and sad week, sad month, you know? Like, And I, 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 I love John Madden, and the thing I got from, you know, sort of a lot of the discussions around his passing is that they're really, I can't, no one had anything really bad to say about that dude. As a coach, you know, he was uniquely talented, he had a, a very specific run in the 70s, uh, and... Like, my uncle actually had the chance to photograph him when he was with oh, the wow. Raiders uh, in the 70s. Um, 
And, you know, he, he turned to broadcasting and he completely revolutionized what broadcasting was for the NFL, you know, between the Telestrator and just sort of his folksy but incredibly detailed delivery. Like, he made listening to people talk about football the way that it is now. And, you know, in the video game space, like, it, he wasn't just a face on the box, like, especially in those early days. Like, he was a guy that put his personal stamp on a lot of, like, what those games were and sort of, like, how they were presented and how he presented football information to the player. And he hasn't been in those games in a long time. Like, he's, you know, his face is there as, like, a legacy coach in Ultimate Team and stuff. But, you know, the days of Madden telling you how, the tutorializing you in Madden were long past. But, you know, those were some of the great days of Madden when he was still there, when his voice was still in those games. And... What he meant to video games and sports games in general, like I, I don't think can be understated. He was one of the most important figures in that entire genre. Yeah. Also, it can't be stressed enough. Like for a long period of years, like Madden was the biggest release of the year, basically. Like, yeah. It was mm -hmm. like it was like when we were and, at Gamespot, like our traffic, like we planned significantly around the release of Madden because the traffic was too big to miss, right? And before FIFA overtook it, I still think it is, it was considered the biggest sports game every year. And these days it is still an incredibly, you know, well-selling franchise, despite the fact that it has fallen on some hard times in terms of quality. But, you know, people buy those damn EA sports games and, you know, people are still buying Madden. There's and a... Oh, I, was saying, I, hope, I hope next year they do some kind of real retrospective with mm. him. Go find some cutting room floor foot you know audio yes, and footage please. of him doing that stuff like it deserves a big presentation it deserves more than just a hey we put madden as a, a playable coach this year and we we did a little documentary thing like no like go all out this is this is the reason people associate you know your your football franchise with quality and why they've never shook that despite the fact that those games are not the quality they used to be uh, there's an anecdote in this Video Game Chronicles story here that I think is pretty great. Uh, you mentioned him kind of participating in the games more uh, than maybe some other people who lend their names to games. Uh, and it says, I'm just going to read this here. Madden insisted that 11 players had to be on each team. Apparently, they were only going to have six or seven players on a team. Uh, and it goes on to say, a technical nightmare at the time, which partly led to the game taking three years to develop. Uh, ultimately, though, the game was a success, it says here. So, what could Madden have been? I mean, eventually, they would have gotten to 11 players, but him insisting they start that way, I think, was was valuable. Wait, what are you... What is this? This is, this is a football. Wait, hang on. Are we doing John Madden impressions? No, I, I can't. Hang on, I need, to, I need to, like, situate myself, if that's where we're going. I can't do a John Madden impression. Okay. Uh, turned out Very few good. people can. He had an incredibly distinctive voice. Yes. Uh, it's just, it's right, it's right in the belly there. I would, I don't want to, I don't want to do the disservice to mm, Madden's, not. uh, memory, uh, of doing a poor Madden impression. Uh, I will remember Telestrators. I think, mm -hmm. I think, uh, not only did he do wonders for the video football game and wonders for the Telestrator in, in the production <laughs> field, uh, made a mess of him. Uh, and obviously the Turducken. I think I have like an original old DOS Madden, John Madden's football. I thought you were saying you had an old Turducken down there somewhere. Yeah, I'm yeah, like, I'm oh, sure you got to throw that thing away, man. Down here too. Uh, but yeah, that's. Uh, I mean, I'll I'll just say one last thing. Like, as much as Madden revolutionized commentary, there has no one has come along mm. with his same level of candor and likability. Like, there are other great commentators. Like Tony Romo does a very good job. Like, uh, you know, Troy Aikman has is it nothing if not steadfast. 
but like they don't have what he had, which was mm-hmm. that incredible relatability, that ability to sort of like not only give you the nitty gritty of the sport, but also talk to you like it's your, you know, your weird uncle describing things to you. Like it's just it is an impossible combination that I feel like just nobody is ever going to be able to recapture. But the the fun weird uncle, not like the creepy. No, no, the cool weird uncle, the guy whose house you liked going over to because one, he would give you cool gifts and two, all his stories were insane. I, as someone who does not follow football much, I had no idea. I knew he was a coach. I had no idea about his coaching history and just kind of knew of the John Madden as the um, sports announcer. He was the only coach that knew how to handle Al Davis, the weirdest, most eccentric owner in all of football. Uh, sure. Uh, you know how George Steinbrenner was on Seinfeld? <laughs> okay, now, now I can talk All right. to That's Al Davis. Okay. Al Davis okay. was a complete kook. Okay. okay. And his son, who now owns the team, is not is a different kind of kook, but it was Got a it. very weird family. Got it. Got oh. it. Finally, I can relate. I can make R.I.P. Yeah. Yes. Gone, gone to the great bus ride in the sky. Yeah. That's right. He's so Madden he's- cruising into heaven. Yeah. <laughs> taking that taking that bus all the way it's a long trip but yeah uh, i'll get there it'd be faster if he flew but he's not doing that uh that is going to do it for this week's podcast um i'm gonna mention out here too we this would probably be the first one that we have ads in so if, yes. you're, if you're listening to this and have heard an ad break then everything works right. ad in it <laughs> well uh congratulations it worked uh I, we don't know if the markers are going to be completely destroyed by the ad break or not uh we're still kind of in a wait and see approach so uh some feedback too would be helpful did the markers go completely off um a lot of weird stuff with markers so it's funny it's funny as you navigate this process how much of it you just kind of have to like try and see what happens yeah there are there are, there's a remarkable number of questions you can ask that nobody has a firm answer for <laughs> until you just like Say, upload the file that way and see if it works or not. Yeah, well, especially because uh, these ads are, we record them, but then they're dynamically inserted. Yes. So we don't even know the the length of them, which one they're going to put in. So it could push everything. Is it going to push everything? Is their platform going to push it? Is your reader going to know? Right. Um, and the way that yeah. markers work, too, there's like 17 different things going on on the podcast aggregator level. So, you know, we're going to figure some of that stuff out. But um, I will say yeah. this. If you don't even want to concern yourself with that, make sure you have uh, a marker accurate experience. You can go over to the Patreon and you can go right. check out the uh, ad free version over there. Nothing, um, nothing said here is relevant to patrons because they will never hear an ad and they will always have accurate time codes. Unless they right. want to. Unless you want to, in um, which case you can go listen to that. But yeah, the, the upshot for, for people listening to the free feed or the public feed is that. We haven't decided whether to continue including chapter markers that will then become inaccurate because we can't control the length of the ads that are getting inserted or if it's better just remove them entirely. So some feedback on that would be appreciated. Yeah. Like I don't want people coming in here and being like their markers are never right and be like, well, they were, but now they're not. Um, Most certainly the the notes will be wrong. Uh, Almost 100% sure the the podcast notes field, the chapter field will be wrong. I am I am I am kind of of the mind to maybe just remove those from there because um, they are guaranteed to be wrong and that seems like a bad experience for people. But yeah, I don't, know. Like, I don't know. And then, but but there's a second tier where we embed the chapters into the podcast itself as metadata, which those it's possible those could remain accurate. So that's where um, we're going to find out. So that all being said, a little behind the scenes there. Um, 
uh, it's a good segue into thank you for supporting us. And if you want to support us, you can go over to patreon.com slash nextlander. Find a tier that's right for you. Uh, you enable us to do this. Everybody who supports us, watching our stuff, listening to our stuff. Uh, and enjoying also, our stuff and just enjoying our stuff and into 2022 helping us to keep this next lander train a moving. So thank you very much. Different tiers over on the Patreon, a whole bunch of stuff on there. One tier though, uh, the mysterious benefactor tier gets a shout out on this year podcast and Alex Navarro, if you wouldn't mind doing the honors, not at all. This week's mysterious benefactors are. Evan Poon, No One, Vinny's Giant Booga Boogas, Nelson LeBlanc, James Smith, Skywarp, John Hubbard, Sean Miller, Jack Eineker, Nick Donegan, Evan Cook, Mark Wilhelm, JM, Jerry Lee, Gary Pejsky, Conrad Kuzman, Robert Fisher, Joseph Regan, John McInnes, Hashtag Bunny Crimes, Onion Pete, Peter Reardon, Thomas Lynn, Jad Rita, Statics, Andrew Jackson, Bacon Monk, Chris Barkhurst, Anders Booga, Devin Maestro Hall, Brian Murphy, Kevin Villato, Randy Duax, Mark Allenbach, Aaron Gonzalez Beer, Andrew Teepkin, It Me JP, Edward Chick, Andrew Slosky, Steve Lynn, Richard Welsh, aka Hired Noobs, Matthew Herrig, Rick Button, and Tyler Treese. And thanks again to everybody for supporting us. Those are our mysterious benefactors. Again, patreon.com slash nextlander. Go over there, find a tier that fits you just right. Just right. You'll hear us rambling. We had a, we like had a, a ramble, this ramble cast. Mm-hmm. Those, tears, those tears fit like a glove. Fit like a glove. Uh, don't ask uh, uh, Ethan Winters about it, though. Uh, maybe he could use a, a nextlander tier that is just a piece of chain mail hey, next time he gets half of his arm cut off he could replace it with that forearm sized salami i talked about on the ramble cast yesterday <laughs> that's right that's Amazing. right that's right a lot of rambling that was, a, that was some weird places anyway that's over you can go check that stuff out thanks again everybody um coming up we are uh still in the midst of, of gearing up for our 2022 figuring out exactly what shows and schedule we are going to be doing but um i'm excited for that and thanks to everybody for supporting us on that journey as well yeah, um, some games are coming out. Yeah, some they games are. in uh, the coming weeks, and there's an open question of what to do with those. So. Yeah, like we're we're kind of looking at uh, what we did in 21, seeing what we want to do in 22, and seeing yeah. uh, um, coverage wise exactly how we want to do that stuff. So again, feedback appreciated if you have it, and uh, we'll, we'll look at that stuff. We we can pivot in, in two places, and we kind of had some thoughts on what we wanted yeah. to do there. Anything else I'm leaving out? Um, I don't think so. We've got, um, we're going to play some deep rock, uh, uh, on, if you're listening to this time of this release on Thursday and then on Friday, Brad is going to, uh, old machines with new cores. That's right. I'm going to fire up the virtual 486. Actually, no, it's not virtual. It's real. It's it's a damn 486 is what it is. It's it's configuring itself to be a 486 and it's a 46. God damn it. Scary time. Skynet. Man, there, there was a, there was a stir on the Discord when we said we were going to stream old PC games on Friday. Oh yeah, requests were coming in hot and heavy. Ooh. Oh man, for all kinds of stuff. So let me just double check here for my own edification. It the games are not 
unlike the arcade machines, the core will get the computer going, and then the games, whatever you whatever ran at that time, should run. Yeah, it's yeah. I mean, I I don't know if we've talked about it. Maybe we'll get into it on the stream. I mean, I installed DOS on that core, quote unquote, on a virtual hard drive from virtual floppy disks. This is like I literally mounted the virtual floppy disk one of the DOS six two two install series, <laughs> and then rebooted the machine, and it booted from that virtual disk. And installed DOS to a virtual hard drive. It's you fucking take, awesome. Can you take a it's snapshot the, it's the to like coolest load, thing I've ever done? Load What's right that? back in. Can you take like a snapshot to load right back yeah, into the state? Oh, dude, it's it's literally a .vhd is the virtual hard drive. You can okay. like just copy it in File Explorer and just boot a new one if you want. All it's, right, it's ridiculous. I'll be there. It's so <laughs> awesome. All right, folks. Thanks everybody for listening. Thank you, Alex. Thank you, Brad. Thank you. And we will be back next week with more of the Next Lander podcast. See ya.